not a dress, not a dress, you're not a real guy. You are too, you are tuned in to the Mark Lamar Order Hot. First of November. And it's time for the Mark Order Podcast. Part of the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, Am I here with you tonight? Asian Joe hanging out with the chain gang. Boom. And yeah, man, we're just uh, hanging out the night after Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Did you dress up? Did I dress up? I did not really dress up. Um, I will say this. Uh, thank you, uh, Tommy, in, in Facebook land, watching along. He says this is the A show, and I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A for Ants and A for Asian. Yeah. I do like that. But it is the A show. I mean, who are we kidding? Uh, No, I did not dress up uh, for Halloween. Um, I did did wear a Ghostbusters t-shirt. I have a lot of them. So I wore... uh, I wore a Ghostbuster shirt, and I actually have, believe it or not, I don't own one. I own two Ghostbusters jackets, and I wore one I haven't worn yet. And it got way much more love than I thought it was going to get, so I was very happy at that. And was it and was cold, it cold out there? Or, or? It, it was. It okay. was pretty cold. Like we went from, um last end of last week through the weekend it was like man it had to be like in the 70s maybe close to 80 and then all of a sudden it got cold and it rained for two days and yesterday thankfully was cleared up so we could go out you know because that's all the kid wanted to do he just wanted to go out trick-or-treating and who am i to say no right so we did do that but it was was, cold it was about 32 32 here here around around trick-or-treating time time. yeah yeah it was it was pretty cool here it it was definitely in the 40s i mean now he's he's six years old so we weren't out you know late it's also a tuesday night so we weren't uh we weren't going to be out crazy late but we went out probably i want to say around 6 30 we probably didn't get back until like 10 to 8, 8 o'clock. So 
he did a good loop. Like usually what we've done in the past is our block sort of is like no man's land, not because we're out of the way. They're just, nobody comes here. So like, we'll start here. Um, we'll start, we'll start here and then we'll sort of go through the loop, see the neighbors and all that kind of stuff. And then what we usually do is we'd like hop in the car and go to another neighborhood nearby. And there's a lot more kids, but you know, we'd like do a loop there. This year, we did our our sort of loop of our block, and then as we were coming back to our street, he was like, let's keep going straight, so we did, and then we got to the end of another cross street, and it was like, do you want to keep going, or do you want to go back, and he's like, let's go that way, so we did this giant loop, and like, we got to uh, one street, and like, there were a ton of kids, like, this lady, we got to her house, and she's like, I think you're my last people, because I'm out, like... I went through all my candy. I'm in like hard candy. Like I found all the like, you know, grandma suckers that you would get, like those little strawberry candies and peppermints. She's like, so there's a lot of kids. And and we were just kind of like, damn, there's nobody by us. So, um, but, and then he saw like all his school friends, which was fun. So it was a good night. He, by the way, Joe, I know you saw, I think, Mrs. Money's like Instagram or something like that. But uh, for those uh, who don't follow along, uh, my six-year-old decided himself, Joe, there was no help from me or Mrs. Money. He decided himself that he wanted to be the Grim Reaper. Don't know where that came from. Now he says he watched a, there used to be that cartoon, like the Grim Adventures of, you know, Two kids, I don't know what their fucking names were. I never watched it. It was on Cartoon Network. But that's where he said he came up with it. And then we didn't know if he really knew what the Grim Reaper was. And we asked him, and he was like, yeah, he's the guy who steals your soul. We were like, holy shit. Okay. So that was it. It was pretty good. Huh. Um... So, uh, Joe is working through, uh, (laughs) working through some audio problems. So I'm going to keep vamping. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was Halloween here, uh, in New Jersey. It was cool. It was clear. It was a good day. A lot of candy. Um, took a lot of Twix bars, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. And he also happened to get a full bag of Skittles, uh, you know, full size, and then a two full size Hershey bars. So it was quite a haul, quite a haul for a six year old for Halloween. And then today it's back to normal. All the shit's down, um, and we're on our way to Christmas. Unfortunately, it is way too fucking early to think about that. But we are on our way to Christmas. So. It was what it was, and as Joe is sort of getting ready to jump back in here as he's working through some uh, audio issues, uh, I know that he dressed up for Halloween, but I don't want to. Um, I don't want to sort of, you know, like give away what he was. So we'll wait for him to come back. Uh, thanks everybody who's watching along in the chat. Uh, appreciate uh, you chiming in. Uh, if, uh, if you did anything fun for Halloween, definitely let us know. Uh, Scott George was checking in saying, uh, good evening. Aunt and Joe love the Mr. T starter kits. Y'all are wearing, uh, mine is not a starter kit, sir. 
Mine is not a starter kit. You are right, Scott George. Walmart couldn't wait for the Christmas decorations, uh, the Christmas de- to get the Christmas decorations up. Excuse me, where I live this morning. Uh, yeah, it was honestly like two weeks ago. Uh, Mrs. Money said she was in a store and she already heard Christmas music playing. So some places around here weren't even waiting for Halloween to pass. It was sincerely just like trying to get past Halloween or as close to Halloween as we can. And then we're going to start playing Christmas music. It's pretty crazy. I know a lot of the TV commercials also switched over today. Uh, So been pretty nuts. Uh, I know that uh, there is a baseball game on tonight um, for the world series. For those who are, uh, who are uh, Texas Rangers fans uh, or I guess Arizona Diamondbacks. Rangers look like they might be on their way, uh, but we'll see. We'll, we're monitoring the situation in uh, in Arizona where they need a pool to get people to come to the baseball park. I don't understand it. Uh, for those wondering where uh, Ryan and Kate are, Ryan is off, uh, I think, watching hockey because he's a glutton for punishment. And uh, Kate is tending to some personal matters. No shooting there. Uh, you know, no working, uh, that's a shoot. So, uh, hopefully they'll be both be back with us next week. Hello, Joe. And hopefully and my, hopefully audio, my working. audio is working. I hear you fine in my ears, pal. Okay. That's all okay. I know. I, I was telling you before about my audio woes. I've been trying to figure out why, uh, things aren't coming through my soundboard. Like when I play the music and stuff, I don't even know if the sound effects work. When I play them, I mean, I know that they work, but I don't know how they sound because newsflash breaking much like Chris Jericho breaking the walls down, Joe, I don't go back and listen after I've lived it. I don't, I lived it. I don't blame you. I don't need to go back and rehash what I've already done. So Joe, I was telling the good people, uh, about sort of, you know, um, the final of Halloween and, uh, you didn't hear, but, uh, the little little guy got a full size bag of tropical skittles and uh two full size hershey bars it was quite a night wow wow quite a night um and joe i didn't give i didn't give up anything with you but i saw that i believe you dressed up i did for i work. did for work uh, uh i was dressed, I was up, dressed as up as a member of the member average, of the average shows. shows there it is so so it makes sense, right? sense right Perfect, but but it was too it was cold too to cold wear to wear outside at night. At night, so, so I just I just went without went without dressing, dressing up. up. Yeah, you know it was um, it was uh, it was nice here over the weekend. So like, if anybody, if anybody around here, uh, actually like had stuff to do, like Halloween parties, it was fantastic. The weather was great. Uh, I actually, uh, I forgot. I took, I took the kid to a trunk or treat on Saturday afternoon. Mrs. Money had other plans. Uh, I'll share it here for you, Joe. Um, there he is as, uh, as the devil or sorry, the devil as the grim reaper. I dressed up as Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, but I thought about this idea way too late so Mrs. Money could not paint my head because I literally yeah. shaved. Yeah. I shaved my head like 10 minutes before leaving the house. 
And then I was like, damn. But I had some I had some tape I could put around my wrist. I don't even know if Bam Bam wore athletic tape. I just figured, oh, now people will know who I am. They won't think I'm just dressed like a fool. Um so yeah, I was uh for the trunk retreat, I was Bam Bam Bigelow. The weather was perfect. Like I said, high seventies. So I was mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. life. And then eventually he got me. So that was fun. I feel like the costume, but yeah, way like too the costume really is just the wrist tape. Otherwise, you'd wear that, well, you wear that on a normal weekend. I, I'll say this, Joe. I, uh, um, I don't wear the complete outfit to the gym, but I do definitely wear the shorts and the top on different days to the gym. So they are regular attires for me, just not at the same time. Because, listen, I'm a I'm a dork, but I'm not that much of a dork to be doing the the Bam Bam look in unison at my local gym. Now, when I was on the cruise ship, sure, shit, I wore that whole outfit just like that. Yeah, anything goes. Yeah, anything on the, goes on the, on the cruise. We're unhinged on the cruise ship, so that's all I know. Uh man, so um. So you didn't do anything. Now, did you have any parties or anything to go to over the weekend? Because it was it's always weird, Joe, when Halloween is like in the middle of the week. I I feel like like I get it. I get that it's the 31st, but I feel like as as a culture, we should all just be like, it's going to be the last Saturday of October. Right. Right. Yeah. There are certain things that need to be put into law. Um, Halloween, um, Halloween being the last Saturday, Saturday of October. Of October. Mm-hmm. Um, no more, no more falling back. back. Yeah, I want to. I don't want to. No, no. Have it, have it become nighttime, nighttime at five o'clock. Five o'clock. You know, I don't, I don't care about that. I actually like that. No, no give me all, give me all the daylight. But no, I did. No, I did. I'm a man, the man of a certain age, so I don't have any costume parties anymore. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with but you there. We, but we, um, I do go I do through a friend's, friend's place and help out, help, help hand out, hand out candy and things like that. While, while um, him and um, his wife take around, around, around the block, and we also and hand, we also hand out little shooters to the adults. Nice. So yeah, good time. Nice. Yeah, I my job yesterday was sort of routing, like looking ahead, like okay, this house got a light on. Let's go there. And we'll cross the street. There's somebody standing at the door waiting. So that's, that's candy. You know, like it was routing. It was holding, um, holding the candy bag. And Joe, I don't know if you've seen the, the kids these days, they're newfangled candy bags. So, um, he had, uh, one of, it looks like a hand on a pole. Right. And then in the middle of the hand is a hole. And then on the bottom is a bag. So that's what he had. And he mm-hmm. wanted it because he was going to be the Grim Reaper. And it was a skeleton hand. And on the face of the bag was like a skull. He was like, that's perfect. I said, perfect. Not realizing he was going to have a sickle. So he did not have enough hands to go around. Uh, so he was like, uh, you want to, you could carry my bag. I said, yeah, I'll carry your bag, buddy. He's, but then he goes, but you can't come with me. I was like, I don't understand. He said, you can't come up to the stair, up to the door with me. So I was like, okay. 
So half the time he was dropping everything because a lot of places around here, like on my block, like I said, nobody comes. They'd be like, here's a fistful of candy and everybody's looking for a bag to put it in and he's got mm-hmm. no bag. He's just holding his hand out. Um, So that was fun. So that was my job, a uh, bag holder. And then I also had a speaker uh, dangling from my jacket. Uh, so we had... Uh, we played Don't Fear the Reaper for a little bit at first. That was just fitting. And then uh, we moved on to some Misfits, moved on to some Typo Negative. It's really all we needed because that got us through an hour and a half of uh, of trick-or-treating. So, yeah, that was my, my job of the evening last night. And uh, I think total at our house after we left, we had a few kids come before when we left our house i'd say like i said around 6 30 um uh, my mother-in-law who lives with us uh said we only got four kids in the entire time after we left so like it was quiet here but i'm telling you man it was like a fucking mob scene where we wound up like there were a ton mm-hmm. of kids it's a fun you know it's a lot of fun to see all these kids bugging out oh joe one house um one house had all this crazy shit in front of it, right? So it was like, you know, an inflatable, tombstones, like all these moving things. They had uh, speakers and fog, you know, and the stuff coming out of the speakers, like at one point it was some corn music and then it was something else. Like, that was cool. The house literally next door uh, didn't have many decorations, but it had, you know, it, it, it had a few little things on the lawn and then up the path there was a bowl. You know, a lot of places around here still put the bowl out if you're taking your kids out and stuff like that. Or maybe it's just in a post-COVID world, people were like, I don't need to answer the door anymore. I'm just going to put a bowl out. So uh, all these kids are going up. Anthony's behind, you know, sort of in the back because he's found some of his friends. And these kids are walking up. We see him rifling, rifling through the bowl. And we just hear, we just hear uh, somebody go, uh, just one and we didn't like see anybody saying anything and then all of a sudden this bush in front of the house moves and goes I said one and it was a dude sitting on a stool in a ghillie suit I don't know why this guy had a ghillie suit maybe he um Maybe he's uh, ex-military. Maybe he just is crazy. Maybe he's planning for God knows what. Uh, but uh, he was sitting there in a ghillie suit, just, you know, freaking kids out <laughs> by talking. And then at one point, this kid wasn't paying attention. Uh, and he just go. He just reaches out and goes, Happy Halloween! And the uh, kid jumped. Might have been Anthony. I don't know. But that was a lot of fun. What, 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 other than, what, your, other than your, your own your, kid, your own kid mm-hmm. who had the, who best, had the best costume that you saw, or what was the, or best, what was the best costume? Oh man. Um, you know, it was, it's a lot of store. It's, it's crazy. A lot of store bought costumes. Uh, I will say though, he had a, he had a uh, Halloween parade at school, right? So, um, my personal favorite there was, um, there was a kid, it, it looked like a, gir- uh, a girl, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, it looked like a girl dressed up as Kyle from South Park, 
but it was all homemade. She just spray painted her hair red and then had the green hat just like Kyle and had like an orange hoodie with an orange t-shirt sort of sticking out a little underneath it with the right color shorts. That was my personal favorite. Other things that I liked seeing around, I don't know what these characters are. Uh, I think they're from some sort of mobile game or maybe video game. I'm showing my age here. But Anthony, uh, you know, mini money basically was telling me like, God, dad, how do you not know what that is? He said it was a fall guy. Uh, I don't know if you know who the fall guy is. Maybe I'm people older, in the I'm chat. You are. Know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know stuff that I don't and vice versa. But um, they were basically, it almost looks like, um, think of the shy guys in Mario. You know the shy guys, the little red guys with the face mask? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, it looks like that, but they can be all sorts of, I guess, different colors. Like there's a blue one, a green one, whatever. And then it just looks like a rib cage instead of a mask where their face is. I don't know what it is. I've been told that it's its own game. I don't know. But those were fun because they're inflatable costumes. And every kid wearing them was seriously probably too small to be wearing it. So it was just watching them shuffle along on the sidewalk was very funny. It was really funny to see. Yeah, it looks like it's, yeah, it looks it's, like it's, a, it's, video it's game. a video game. Mm. Hmm. You've done more than I have. I haven't even looked it up yet. I googled. Yep. I googled. Yep. I haven't even done that. You beat me. Uh, did you see anything uh, in uh, the kids coming to the door, or even like at work? Anything that uh, that that you saw that you liked that was a big winner this year? Not really. Pretty. Not really. Pretty. Run of the mill. Run of the mill. Uh, uh, no. I did see a kid that reminded me. I did see a kid at his school parade who had on like the store bought uh, jumpsuit, but he made his own uh, proton pack out of like a cardboard box and some, you know, like pool noodles. I thought that was, that was fun. I'll always give up props to a kid who builds his own proton pack. I took the cheap way out, so so to speak, and bought a proton pack. I just see one. I just of those see one of those. I got, when I got uh, spirit, uh, spirit, of, spirit, Halloween spirit Halloween store. store. So I have. All right, Joe. One day when we're not on here, uh, I'll get on my phone and show you the closet that I have full of all this shit. But I have, uh, I have, one of the first spirit releases. Then I think I have a V2 of the spirit. And then I was like, I can't get any more of these spirit fucking things. Like, because every year they keep sort of upping them a little bit. So I didn't get another spirit one. Instead, I, uh, I, I backed the HasLab um, proton pack, which was way more money than I'd like to admit. Joe, I'll put it in terms you'll understand. You looked up the shoes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was the it was essentially the shoes. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's full, full size with all the straps. It lights up and stuff, but I haven't put batteries in it or anything because I don't want to forget to take the batteries out of it. And I also uh didn't want to hook up the 
the Spengler wand that I have that's not been taken out of the box. So you have, so you have three, three proton, proton packs. packs. Essentially. So you almost, so have, you almost a have a full squad. Almost. Uh, I did go to a spirit today and saw behind the counter they did have a full-size proton pack. Ooh, half off Half day. off day. That was the squash was put on that. Um, was it by, half off? It was, but I was, I, yeah, I know. But I was like, yeah, you're right. That's probably not a good idea. Oh, I have another thing I have to back from HasLab. <laughs> so you probably so you should probably have bought that, that one instead. Well, you know, I have to back the next... Joe Haslab just announced what they're calling the two in the box. It's a trap and a and a and a PKE meter, significantly cheaper than the trap, but still, or than the pack, but still pretty expensive. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought something else was said two in the box. Well, it's not two in the pink, but two in the box. You know, uh, the only thing I really don't have Joe that I need to do. I do need to, uh, I need to get a flight suit and that's one I have to make. You can't get like an actual flight suit, like all done. I'm sure somebody out there does it where it's like, Oh, you know, put the patches on and give you the, but I need to get a flight suit. I need to put the patches on it. I need to then get all the accoutrement, you know, like all the accessories and, uh, really get the get up up because that would be the only thing I ever cosplay anyway. So I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember they all wear the brown khaki one or, or they did. I know, but I know the cartoon is different. Cartoon you have like gray, grayish blue, blue ones. Yeah. They had four different colors there. They were all different colors in the cartoon. Ray probably wore the one that was as close to the movies, but uh, in the movies, they all wore the same sort of brown, hand jumpsuit um there is a scene in ghostbusters 2 where they have something that looks almost black like an almost black suit and you will see people running around cosplaying those although it was literally one scene of ghostbusters 2 nowhere else nowhere else have they ever worn them so oh anyway halloween's over um and now we're into, you know, we're into Christmas season. Uh, does that excite you, Joe? Except for what? I have my tree, I have my up. tree up. No, you don't. Oh, it blended in with uh, it did, it did. with your speaker. I see it now. I do like the tree. I have one of those. Beautiful. There we go. There we go. I, I have one of those. I used to have one at my work desk, but now when I moved, there's literally nowhere to put that. So I had to get rid of it. I put it I up, put it up Tony for Tony Khan. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. What a fucking bust. Um, I was going to say, Joe, you, you have the Charlie Brown tree. Are you a fan of Charlie Brown? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch it. I didn't. I try to usually watch... Um, I tried to usually watch uh, the Great Pumpkin. I didn't see it this year, so I was I felt a little disappointed. Yeah, I yeah, watched a lot of the horror movies that are on. 
I watched, I watched all the, all the Halloweens over, over and over again. Okay. Yeah, I try. So I saw a lot of people on socials this year were doing the 31 days of horror movies or, you know, whatever. Uh, we didn't do that much. Um, but what we did was, uh, like the, in the, within the last week I was like, Hey, horror movie tonight. And we would let a horror movie roll. So we watched, I watched the nun because I saw the nun two was coming to HBO. And I was like, I only saw the first conjuring and it was good, but I like the imagery of the nun. Like, I think the nun herself is creepy and all of that kind of stuff looks good. So, um, so we watched the nun. I did not like it. Uh, not, I just didn't think it was like scary. And then what else did we watch? We watched, uh, insidious cause Mrs. Money never saw insidious. Uh, I fell asleep during that. Not because I was just exhausted, but I've seen that one before. I, th I thought that was good again, not scary, but a good. And then, um, last night we watched the nun too. Uh, again, the image imagery is much better in my opinion than the movie. So that was the extent of the horror movies that I saw uh, this year. I wanted to go to the theater to see the exorcist, uh, whatever awakenings or whatever it was with the two girls. I didn't get to do it. And then I never saw, I never got to the theater to see saw saw X. Um, so I'm waiting for those to hit streaming. But I enjoyed, enjoyed Sod 10. 10. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Um, I heard that was good. I heard mixed things about the uh, Exorcist. Um, so I don't know, but I I think they're hitting streaming soon, so we'll see. I don't know. I have the movie pass essentially, like the AMC pass, but like I just haven't had time to go. And there really hasn't been anything where I'm like, I really got to go see this. So I'm pretty because much just watching 20 bucks. Down I'm watching wrestling. wrestling. I'm, I guess this weekend I did sit, I did, I did watch wrestling this weekend and we're going to get to that. So that's totally fine. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. I was just, uh, checking something here. Uh, going into the ninth inning. Rangers are still up one nothing. It's a close one, Joe. It's a close one. Uh, so Joe, did you watch wrestling this weekend? I did. I did. Okay. Good. So then we can talk about it. Cause I watched all the wrestling. Well, at least the AEW wrestling that we normally talk about. I didn't watch uh if there was anything with the E going on, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch New Japan either. Just because I don't have the New Japan uh service, even though uh, I believe millionaire Matt shared his login with me every time. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'll watch this. I never watch it. I don't know why this <laughs> too much shit. So anyway, um, why don't we talk about, uh, rampage here? So, um, it was, I guess the biggest build thing for this show for me was Santana and Ortiz, right? They were built on the show and then they had the the four way, uh, four way women's match, which is intriguing. But I think the Santana and Ortiz for me sort of was the story. Like we want to see it sort of be told. 
So running through the card real quick, Joe, and then we can break whatever down you'd like to. For Rampage Friday night, we had Santana and Ortiz actually lead off. Santana defeated Ortiz. After the match, uh, Santana tried to fist bump Ortiz, uh, but uh, Ortiz did not reciprocate. Sanjay Dutt, Dutt got into the ring um, talking to Ortiz, but they sort of moved on. Like There was no explanation for that, which I thought was sort of weird. Anyway. Uh, they had hype videos for the championship match on collision. We'll talk about Chris Statlander, uh, was talking backstage with Willow and sky blue. Um, you know, uh, trying to see where their heads were at, but, uh, sky blue is like, I'm just focused on the match tonight. Um, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford were in the ring. Kip was talking all sorts of smack on the, uh, Philadelphia sports teams. Um, <clears throat> but then to to my surprise, um, Mark Briscoe shows up, uh, and uh, he runs uh, Kip off. So good to see Mark Briscoe back in the ring. Uh, Anna Jay's talking to uh, some of her former Jericho Appreciation Society uh, members. Don Callis uh, basically offers uh, Daddy Magic and uh, and uh, Jake Hager, uh, or not Jake Hager. I'm sorry. Uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange with Jake Hager there. He offers them a shot uh, to take out Kenny Omega and uh, Jericho, which is what we got tonight. So we'll talk about that. And we got into our four-way uh, match after that. Uh, the women, uh, Willow Nightingale, uh, Anna Jay, Sky Blue, and Abaddon, a four-way match, uh, Asian Joe. Uh, the winner is going to take on Sheeta. Much to my surprise, didn't know Abaddon was going to be in this match until got very close. <clears throat> I could not believe Abaddon won this match. It all made sense when we found out what the title match was going to be Saturday night. But regardless, good to see Abaddon back in a ring. We'll talk about it. Um, Daddy asked in the acclaim, uh, say they're going to have their 69, uh, you know, celebration on next week's collision. And then we get into the main event. Uh, Kyle Fletcher versus Takeshita. Uh, Takeshita winds up defeating Kyle Fletcher. Uh, so uh, Fletcher does not get into the uh, the Don Callis family. However, uh, as they're celebrating, Fletcher sort of comes back with a steel chair, uh, hits Takeshita and Hobbs in the back, uh, and they're going to kill him, but Callis breaks it up uh, and says that the hate in Kyle's eyes is exactly what he wanted to see. So he is pretty much welcomed into the Don Callis family and scene show over. <clears throat> so Joe, what do you want? Where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about? Anything particular with this show? Well, I think the main thing to talk about would be, well, I think the main thing to talk about would be, uh, Santana uh, Ortiz, right? Santana I mean, Ortiz, was, right? I mean, that was the build, sure. the build. And I don't feel, like, I don't feel like it, it's over. It's over. Definitely not. Uh, I like I liked how they started the match with them in the ring, just, just staring at each, staring each other, other, and, and uh, it felt it personal. felt personal. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, the whole story to me has been good because it was, you know, it's it's been a work shoot. Like, you know, it's real that these guys sort of fell out of being good friends. Um, 
depending on who you talk to, they say they hate each other. Other people say it's all work. My understanding of the situation is that they're not necessarily really that friendly anymore, but they will do business and keep that sort of aside. So that's why they're working this angle, but it's sort of legitimate. Like they don't really like each other like they used to. So it's been amped up to 11, but there's a little bit of reality here. So, um, I don't have a problem with the story. I like what it, the way it's been, it's been told. My problem is what the fuck was Sanjay Dutt about? The, like, did that, one, did that make sense to you? And two, like, do we really need Sanjay Dutt to get involved? Yeah, I, I questioned, I questioned that, as well. that as well. And, like, and I, I didn't know if he was doing that, doing by, that himself, by himself or, or if, if he was recruiting, recruiting for, the for the faction. But, but I, I don't, don't, don't need it. it. Yeah, it just seemed really odd. Like, he came down there, there was no explanation, and then they were just like, all right, moving on. It just sort of seemed odd. But the match itself, I thought, was really good. Like, these guys were beating the shit out of each other. They don't like each other. But there was no reciprocation after the match. It wasn't like, hey, uh, we worked it out, like, or, or we've gotten it out of our system, like, you know, we're good. Um, maybe Santana feels that way, but Ortiz does not. So I look forward to more of these matches if they put them on. And, and of course, sometimes what AEW does a good job at for me, uh, Joe is they find pretty good ways of escalating these matches, right? So yeah, you might have like a regular singles match, maybe a second singles match, no stipulations. Then maybe your third match. It's like, well, we've done it we've each gotten one. So let's find out who really is, you know, the best and we'll do it in a cage or we'll do um street fight or some shit like that. Like, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that. And I think there sort of can be that nat- natural escalation with, uh, with this feud. Yeah. I think that yeah, makes, I think sense, that makes sense, sense, sense. Especially if they put, they it, put on it on dynamite, dynamite or something, or something with a bigger audience. Bigger yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, why would they put this on Rampage? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's just... With all the programming they're putting on Dynamite, uh, maybe there's just no time. But, I mean, listen, they, ha- they have to fill Friday nights, right? We know that. So let them fill it with this. It's just a shame because people don't necessarily see it in real time or maybe at all. So that's the only bummer about it, but... I thought the match was enjoyable. Yeah. I now, what do you, for the next one. Oh, go ahead. I'm can't sorry. wait for the next one. Yeah. The next one will be, will be fun. What did you think? Um, before we sort of knew the match we would get on Saturday night with Abaddon, right? What did you think about that four-way match? I mean, it was, for me, it was good to see Abaddon back in the ring. Maybe, well, I know she's been doing stuff on the indies. I saw she got fucking, you know, she took a head of skewers, right? So clearly she's, uh, seems to be fine. Um, they said that she had been injured, you know, on commentary. So it was good to see her back. Very big surprise having her win. Um, but we know that Willow's sort of tangled up in this sky blue story. Anna Jay's just sort of Anna Jay. 
So I guess maybe you could have got it down to Abaddon. But at the same time, we did get a match tonight that I thought we were going to get Saturday. And I sort of don't understand why. But, I mean, I don't know. What what did you think of that match on Friday? Thought the same. Thought the same. I, I, seeing Abaddon, seeing Abaddon on, there on there was a, was a, a surprise, surprise for, me, for me, but a pleasant but a one. one. Um, I didn't, I didn't think she was going to win, but, um, but um, I'm glad she did because, because it, it, gave it gave us a matchup, a matchup we, we haven't already, we haven't already seen, seen a hundred times, times in the last few weeks. Two weeks. So I, yeah, I'll, give I'll give them that. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. It was sort of refreshing to see something different. And um, what I what I just sort of feel, uh, well, not bad about, but what I what I sort of don't want to see is they have somebody like Abaddon that they can use in interesting ways. We've we've seen Abaddon be used in the past, like during the pandemic, she was used in really really fun ways. Um, I just don't want to see Abaddon. Uh, pulled out of the mothballs and dusted off around October 31st. You know what I mean? Like I think Abaddon's done a lot of really good work on herself. Like if you follow her on social on Instagram in particular, like she was doing a lot of work, losing, cutting weight, you know, getting in better ring shape. Uh, so she, her body's completely changed. She's been wrestling in the on the indies, so it seems like she's been getting ring time. Like, you know, I feel like she's been doing a lot of good work. I just feel like, okay, like we've got a lot of women stuff going on. We're not always putting it on TV. Like, put her in Ring of Honor. Like, do something. Like, there's talent being wasted at this point. So that's, that's sort of my only beef with the way they're handling Abaddon. Listen, I don't think... She's like, I don't think she's top of the card, you know, stuff. Now, maybe she will at some point evolve into a top card, top tier women's wrestler. She's not there at this point, and I'm fine with that. But her character is unique to what they've got. So use it. I just don't understand. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they should use her like, use her like um, a, a monster. A monster. Like like they would, they would with, with a Brody, a Brody King, King or, or, or an Archer or or a Nyla Rose, um, um, someone who someone who is a threat, is a threat and and um, um, will, will win here and there. But then if someone if someone beats them, beats them then, then it looks like it looks a, like a, a, a big, big win because of how physically imposing, imposing they, are. they are. Yeah, and I mean she did overcome three opponents, and she went on to you know, fight on Saturday night, which we're going to talk about momentarily. And, um, I thought Saturday was a good showing. We'll, we'll go more in depth in it, but like, and actually fast forwarding to tonight, Joe, now, now that I'm talking out loud about it, maybe I have a little theory on where we can see Abaddon pop up again. That might make sense. So I'm going to put a pin on it there, but if you'd like to say anything else about any of the other, I thought Willow looked good. I thought sky blue looked good. I still don't understand her ring attire. If she's supposed to be at this point, heelish, why are we wearing Scooby-Doo? Uh, you know, whatever. And Anna J is Anna J. I just don't like her character. 
Maybe she maybe wearing Scooby, wearing Scooby Doo, Doo gear because, because it's a mystery. Good point. Good point. Um, and then the main event, uh, Joe, I know you're a fan. I, I mean, I know we're all fans of Takeshita and even Fletcher. So I had high hopes for this, uh, this match and I, I thought it lived up to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I it, it delivered, delivered everything I thought it was becoming, I mean, these are the two young, two young future, future stars, stars, AEW should make sure, make sure to keep <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Fletcher, I don't think there's any issues with Fletcher and Davis. Um, they recently, they signed within this past year, so you would assume it's two or three years, right? Takeshita, I don't know when he signed, but he might have at least another year on him, but I think you got to hold on to him. I don't think you can let him go elsewhere. Uh, and unless there is a huge money offer that he can't deny, I think you can keep him by keeping him as part of the top tier picture. And again, he's not like top tier. He's not vying for titles, but he is around top talent guys, which is good. Um, and, and, yeah, and yeah. go and ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the, say the having them, having them be good, they are at the, at the age. age. And, and also, also being, being international, international people. people. So you're pulling so those audiences, audiences to the product. It's um, um, really a win-win for AEW. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And um, that is not a Jesse Ozog sighting just yet. But uh, news in the chat. Scott George let us know the Rangers, um, the Texas Rangers are your 2023 uh, World Series champions! Congratulations, their first World Series win as a as an organization. Congrats, congrats! I don't know anybody else out there who cares because I did read that Game One of this World Series was the lowest rated in history. <laughs> oh, what were you expecting? No, but you know what. If we can sidetrack for one minute, you know what I think definitely would have probably hurt them in the last two games was um, who's it Garcia got hurt. Um, and so he didn't play yesterday or today. I think if he had still been in the game, he's been getting a lot of press. He had a monster playoff. Um, I'd actually be surprised if he wasn't named like an MVP, um, even though he got hurt for these last two games. Although you could give it to Seager because Seager carried the weight, uh, you know, over the past few games as well. But anyway, onward and upward from baseball. Congratulations, Rangers. But yeah, I, I under, uh, I'm with you a hundred percent, Joe. Uh, these, these guys all have international experience. The only thing that worries me is when you see some of the, the, the moves that, the WWE and uh, you know, the new parent company, I can't remember what the fuck they're calling themselves anymore, but um, they are expanding internationally, right? Like they're talking about the possibility of doing a, a bash in Berlin sort of very close to all in next year. And we're going to talk about all in. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that is sort of like, you know, that sort of puts it in my brain, Joe. It's like maybe maybe we do have to sort of worry about that moving forward is like the fact that 
maybe the E's expanding internationally and they're going to want some of these guys who have that international experience. Maybe they're going to make some crazy offers. Although depending on what you read now, they're, they don't have any urgency in re-signing people at the moment. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see when a bunch of these contracts come up because it is a problem that AEW has, uh, not to go down a contract rabbit hole, but we've talked about it time and time again. They have almost like an, uh, an embarrassment of riches, right? You have so much talent. A lot of this talent's going to start to come up around the same time. You can't keep everybody. You're going to have to cut, cut ties with some of these people. So it's going to be interesting to see who they keep and who they let go. But, um, these guys, yeah, you definitely have to hang on to. Now, match aside, because I think we would both agree that the match was was good. Um, do you like the Kyle Fletcher Don Cows family? Uh, you know, pairing. I I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Because you're you've got Will Osprey, who's cool with Don Callis. Kyle Fletcher right now has to be sort of in this uh, singles performance role, right? Because Davis is hurt again. Um, so, like, I, I understand why they can do this, but I don't know if he even necessarily, like, needs it. I guess maybe he does, right? Because it's sort of, like, sort of corny when you're the only guy doing it. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think it's, it's good, good, to, good them, to keep them in a faction, in a faction like this. Like this. To keep, to keep them relevant and keep them, and keep them out, in front, out in front and, and important. important. Um, um, so, yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think, think it makes sense. Especially with, Especially the, with family the family that Callis Yeah, good point. I didn't think about that, too, when you look at who Callis is aligned with. It's all young. It's all young talent who can stay with him for quite some time. So You need to probably, need to add, probably add, a, add a female, a female talent. talent. That is a possibility. Um, a lot of these factions, you know, a, a lot of the factions in AEW have uh, a female aligned with them. When you think of the House of Black, uh, you know, there's um, there's also, uh, you know, the JAS had uh, Anna J and Tay Mello. Um, you know, so it would make sense for them to do it. <clears throat> if they if he had to pull a female in, who would you want to see go run with Don Callis? Whether it's a face or a heel at this point, it sort of doesn't matter because you can flip anybody. I'm trying to think of, I think of a, 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 younger, a younger wrestler, wrestler other, other than Sky Blue. Blue. I mean, Anna J is hanging out there uh, because they don't have, you know, they don't she they don't have a faction, right? But I don't know if I want to see Anna J as part of the Don Callis family. I don't, unless they did a complete change of her character because I don't like her character at all the way it was in the JAS. Um, a is essentially probably going to be out until, well, I don't, uh, the baby, I don't think has been born yet, but after that, it would be at least what another eight months, right? Uh, if she decides to come back, uh, I don't know if you could make a push for Willow Nightingale to flip. You talk about maybe, oh, Joe, we're not even thinking about some of the talent we can see come over from uh, Ring of Honor. Like, would you want to see Athena align herself with the Don Callis family? Maybe uh, maybe a Diamante 
maybe um shit, who's the MMA um Marina Marina. Marina Shafir. I mean, she doesn't really do anything for me, but that could be a reason to align her with the family, right? To sort of work yeah. on her character. Yeah, her, yeah, her or Diamante, I can see that helping helping them. Yeah. I mean Billy Starks has been working too with Athena. They're they're pretty hot on Billy Starks. Maybe you you flip her and uh and work her with Don Callis. I don't know. There there is a way that they could do it. There's a lot of people they could sort of choose from. And I think Athena's been <clears throat> pretty vocal lately about, you know, she's enjoying what she's doing in Ring of Honor, but she would like to work more uh AEW, you know, brand. So that could be a way you pull her over is to work with Don Callis. Well, there's a lot there to chew on. Um, but Joe, let's move forward to Saturday night because Saturday night had a lot of shit going on too. Uh, I thought collision was a fantastic show. The main event, however, it seems did not pop the ratings, but who cares? Because if you missed it, I think you fucked up. Uh, we had Jay white defeating AR Fox via pinfall. Um, uh, afterward, uh, someone in black, uh, showed up ringside trying to steal the championship. Uh, it turned out that was MJF. He almost got away with the title, but it got wrestled away from him. So he ran off through the cloud, uh, the crowd, uh, the acclaimed were again, promoting 69 celebration. Uh, we had, um, uh, the boys versus the guns and the guns defeated the boys. Uh, Ryan Nemeth interviewed, uh, and, uh, he said that he was looking, uh, for some representation. So he knocked on CJ Perry's door, uh, and he got an answer, uh, and he sort of seemed a little taken aback. Uh, and he was like, oh, is, uh, you know, I'm here to talk to CJ. Is she here? And when the camera panned back, it was Miro who then grabbed him and said, sure thing. Come on in, tossed him in the room. And then all we hear is a bunch of, uh, you know, things breaking and Miro grunting. So, uh, you know, use your imagination. Woof. Uh, we had Abaddon versus uh, Sheeta in a Fright Night uh, fight for the AEW Women's Championship. Now, I'll say this, Joe, and this is going to be my quick pause. So, so Sheeta defeated Abaddon to retain the Women's Championship. You know what? I'll, I'll hold it, Joe. Let's get through the results, and then we can touch on whatever we want to. Um, and then post-match, uh, Tony Storm came out to spoil the celebration. Uh, as she's timeless. Samoa Joe uh, really defeated uh, Rhett Titus uh, to retain his Ring of Honor uh, World Television Championship. Uh, there was a Claudio promo for his match against Orange Cassidy. Um, he also said that he's going to travel to Japan to make Okada pay for what he did to, to Danielson if he has to. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, went one-on-one -on -one with Dax Harwood. Starks defeated Harwood uh, via pinfall. Um, uh, and then um, afterwards, everything went dark. Lights come on. Julia Hart is there. Um, lights went off. And then they come back up. House of Black is in the ring uh, surrounding uh, Starks and Bill. Uh, and then turned their attention to FTR. LFI showed up to make the save. So that was an interesting turn. 
Um, Andrade was being interviewed backstage. Um, you know, sort of being asked about how everything's affecting him. So we saw Andrade again. Uh, Stat and Willow were being uh, interviewed. Sky Blue was there. Uh, she said whatever's going on needs to sort of be squashed. And, um, you know, they're sort of continuing that story. Uh, she said if there's anything to say to Julia, it's between them. You know, like Sky Blue and Julia, they'll they'll talk through it. Uh, we had Claudio Castagnoli versus Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Uh, not a contest. Claudio Castagnoli wins via pinfall. <clears throat> we got Samoa Joe backstage talking to MJF. Uh, you know, sort of again offering his services. And then in the main event, we had MJF versus Kenny Omega. Uh, MJF does defeat Kenny Omega via pinfall to retain the world championship. Um, they showed Joe in the back watching. They showed Wardlow in the back watching. Um, so, uh, again, everybody's sort of gunning for MJF. Hobbs was watching as well. Uh, and then the Bullet Club, uh, Bullet Club Gold, excuse me, were watching. Uh, and then after the match, Omega uh, and MJF uh, shake hands, fans cheer. You know, they embrace in the ring, etc. Show's over. <clears throat> so, Joe. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I don't necessarily have anything to say about a number of these matches, right? Jay White, AR Fox was a great match, but didn't think AR Fox was going to win. Definitely check it out if you can, but I don't need to really go in depth about it. Anything you want to say? Nothing. Nothing. Talk more about the main events if you want. Sure. Well then let's fast forward because there's a whole bunch of squashy stuff in here. I do want to talk though about that Abaddon Sheeta match. My only beef here, Joe, is that we did not see a lot of these gimmicky matches in AEW for a long time. I feel like now we're seeing a lot of these gimmick, you know, sort of WWE style matches, which I hated when they did. Kind of hated with that AEW's doing it. I hated the, you know what was it? The Kansas city street fighter, whatever the fuck that was. And they had the cones and the hot dogs. Like, you know, I don't need that. I also don't need a fright night match where they put a pumpkin on Abaddon's head to catch the, the knee for the loss. Like I just don't need it. And again, I don't want to see Abaddon being dusted off for Halloween to just come in and lose a match. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of it's the trope. Kind of the trope to do these, to do little, these little Halloween matches Halloween matches around this around this time of year. But but in addition, in addition to that, like you said, like you said the, the different the different the Memphis, Memphis Street, Street fights. Fight, uh, what what some other what, ones, what we've, ones had we've had lately? Just call just them, them a, no 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 DQ, no DQ match, match or, or a hardcore hardcore match, match Street fight Street fight what you want to call them? If it's not if it's not sponsored, why are we? Making a big deal, deal, but right, I'm with you, and I get it. It's the holiday; they want to do something for Halloween. I still don't like it. I still think it's corny as shit. You'll get Thanksgiving one. Yeah, I know we're gonna get the Thanksgiving, and then somebody's gonna get covered in turkey and gravy and fucking mashed potatoes. All right, and then eventually someone will dress as Santa. That's right. Maybe put through a table. Um, 
still good good to see i guess abaddon in a match with the champ and and she held her own so uh that was good thought it was an okay match um all right let's fast forward to the main event you're right because you know starks and starks and dax was good check it out um we always talk about how good starks is and the whole house of black story is very interesting now that lfi is in the mix that's even crazier but we don't have to waste time on it <clears throat> main event uh joe please floor is yours to talk about whatever you'd like here i thought it was phenomenal that that had, had to be probably, probably the best the best rematch, rematch on, on television, television i've seen, I've seen. Um, that, um, was that was that was easily a pay-per-view main event of, of any pay-per-view pay to have. To have. Uh, it, it, I, 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 you're so, so quickly, quickly put together, together uh, to, 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 you know, for the build and for the, for the uh, tile, tile rain, rain days, days to make it, to make it you know, no, have stakes, have stakes around, it. around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just... It is beautiful. MJF for pulling out moves we haven't seen before. Never. I mean, that five-day flop that almost ate the ring apron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was wild. It shows, like, no, any who has so many years of experience in MJF to, like, be able to go toe-to-toe and stay up with him. It was just... A work, of, a work art. of art no you're right it was listen again like i said it, they said it didn't pop the ratings if you didn't watch this match go find it it was i agree with you joe one if not the best one of the best free matches that they've put on television that could have been <clears throat> it could have been the main event of full gear it really could have it could have been the main event of revolution like Kenny could have invoked his his rematch for a pay-per-view and they could have built, you know, for a long pay-per-view build, but they didn't. And the stakes still felt high because of the, um, well, the championship was on the line, even though MJF didn't have it and the streak. So there were almost, you know, double the stakes. Um, but yeah, the amount of moves that we saw being pulled off that we haven't seen MJF pull off and some of the things even Kenny was doing to try to keep MJF down were, were crazy. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun. I think this lived up to the hype for sure. It just is crazy that it didn't necessarily pop the ratings, but again, you have to sort of look at the weekend, right? It's Halloween weekend. Parties are happening. You know, people are bar, you know, like there were a couple of bars around here that were having Halloween parties. Like people who, you'd want to be watching wrestling in that 18 to 20, whatever, you know, demo they're out partying, man. They're not sitting home on a Saturday night of Halloween weekend when you could be out, you know, trying to get with a sexy nurse. So yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I'm I, sure. Can I can imagine what we've done if, if you're, if you're wrestled, wrestled tonight, tonight instead, of, instead of Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. It, it might have benefited, but you know, uh, I will say this, it was in Uncasville. Connecticut. I went there with Mrs. Money to see a uh, live, I think it was a live rampage and we sat front row and those tickets were, were 90 bucks, like a couple days before the show. 
Like we were going up. We didn't realize the show was going to be there. And we said, let's just do it. And we could sit sit front row for 90 bucks a piece. Like, yeah, do it. Um, I just, I knew I couldn't go this time around. Like I didn't even realize it was going to be there, but I knew I couldn't go because Mrs. Money had plans and I wasn't going to go up by myself to Uncasville and book a room because I'm not going to come back at, you know, midnight to drive a couple hours. Um, but I did look up tickets like on, on Friday just to see, is there anything available? There were sparse tickets available and some of the, the tickets that were in the front row, sort of where we sat for the, for the, the rampage, uh, those tickets were re- on for resale of like 300 bucks. I don't know if they ever sold, but somebody was trying to get like 300. Oh, hi, Jesse Ozak. Good to see you, pal. Good to see you. Welcome to the show. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> it did what I think they wanted it to do. I think it wasn't moving tickets. So they said, let's, let's put it Saturday night. And I think it moved. I think, I think, I don't know. Cause I didn't see what the tickets looked like prior to me looking, uh, which was, you know, after they announced this was going to be the main event, um, there weren't a whole lot of tickets left. Not a whole lot. So we'll see. Um, but Joe, this seems like a good place. We've been going for about an hour talking baseball, talking wrestling, talking Halloween. Uh, why don't we take a break, get a drink, refuel a little bit because we got a bunch to talk about dynamite tonight. It was a pretty big card. We got to talk about it, but it was for me, it was sort of a weird night. We'll get into it, uh, momentarily here. But we're going to step aside and uh, let you hear some words uh, about um, some of the other shows that are part of this wonderful Shining Wizards Network. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every Monday night to listen to the Shining Wizards. If you'd like to continue to support us outside of listening, we've got a few ways for you to do that. If you shop at Amazon, go over to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com, do your shopping as usual, and when you make your purchase, a little bit of that purchase price will go back to support the show. If you like to wear t-shirts, Merch.ShiningWizards.com will take you to our Pro Wrestling Peace Store, where we've got over a dozen great designs from over 11 years of professional wrestling podcasting. You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast, where each and every week we call out your name as one of our show producers, and the more you support us, the more things that you're entitled to receive, and believe me, they are fantastic. If you can't support us monetarily, if you don't shop at Amazon, that's absolutely fine. Continue to listen to us wherever you listen to us on the World Wide Web, and make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It doesn't cost you anything helps us out, and we can continue to bring you the love fest that is The Shining Wizards. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always... We are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. 
Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things, not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk band, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. Kevin Rowe. I'm Al Day. And we're a couple of down under pounders that co-host Dots. Action figure collecting podcast where we talk about, well, just about anything that tickles our fancy at any given moment. We're grumpy old men. Sometimes people get on our nerves, and when we get on our nerves, guess what? You get off the lawn. Ah! 
And we also go on a little bit of a mission. We go back and we're grading every single figure. Find that's out there. I'm talking LJNs. I'm talking Jacks. I'm talking Hasbros. Who doesn't like a little Hulk of Blacks? It's a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast production found on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm Duke Bags. And together we are the co-hosts of your Duke Road. If you want to hear about some terrible wrestling shows, we've got you covered. Well, we talk about good ones, too. We're currently talking about the death stuff. I know what we're fucking talking about. Sometimes we get uh, guest spots, like from the Taskmaster. I like to uh, I like to listen to the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast. They're... Uh, Funny guys that uh, I like when they I like when they talk about the the, the Narts plows. I like Narts plows. That's uh, that's a good move. And uh, I like the Dungeon of Doom. You know, sometimes sometimes I, I call my butt the Dungeon of Doom. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Oklahoma. Let me tell you a little bit about my favorite podcast. All right, it's a podcast for two men. Two men. Duke Banks, Kevin Broke. They talk about professional wrestling. It's a man's sport. All right? And who better to talk about a man's sport than to Oklahoma. And once in a while, Vince Russo's time to talk Oh, you piece of shit. If you're listening to the podcast in the back of the boys, you're a piece of shit. I don't know what you're doing. It's, uh, you got a slide one in there? It's your man. Man, talking about something only a man can do. Bro, take the time to slide one in there. All right, bro, you piece of shit. Slide one in there. A Gorilla Brain Wrestling podcast production that you can find on the Shining Wizards Network. All right, I'm back. Joe is just trying to fix a mic issue he's having, so he's going to be back momentarily. But until he gets back, I want to say welcome to everybody who's joined us watching along live. One LT photo. We already mentioned hello to Jesse Ozog. Uh, Scott George, I did see you say Corey Seeger is the MVP. For some reason, it's not letting me comment back, but he deserved it. There were a few guys that probably could have gotten it, but he definitely deserved it. And I want to let you guys know you can follow us at Mark Order Pod on all of our socials. That's X, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, uh, everywhere. Just look for us at Mark Order Pod. Uh, and on our uh, social platforms, if you go to the profile, you can find our link tree uh, where you can, you know, follow us on any social, subscribe on any podcast platform, subscribe to our YouTube, which we would love for you guys to do if you'd like to support us in a way that doesn't cost you anything we're trying to push our uh youtube so if you could head on over hit that subscribe button you don't have to get alerts or anything like that you know when our videos come up weekly um it'll help us out a lot and if you know anybody who might like our content please feel free to uh send us along their way and uh see if anybody else would like to subscribe however if you do want to support us in a financial way, you could head over to our pro wrestling tees store. You could find a link directly in our link tree, uh, or you can go to Mark order or I'm sorry, pro wrestling tees.com slash Mark order pod, or you can just look up the Mark order podcast on pro wrestling tees and you will find our store. Uh, 
that has four t-shirts available for you to port purchase. Uh, we got a couple front prints, a uh, couple double-sided prints, um, all very nice, but any of the dollars you spend there, uh, some of it comes back to us to help us fund this show and some of the things we do need to uh, put some money into to help put on this wonderful program that you enjoy on a weekly basis. Uh, so thank you to anybody who's purchased a shirt so far and uh thank you if you're you're going to purchase one in the future uh so feel free to head on over to our link tree and check out our store uh some of the people in chat are wondering uh hey where's ryan where's kate we said at the top but we'll let you know kate's uh attending to some personal matters tonight she's double booked uh so uh she could not join us hopefully she's back next week ryan is unfortunately attending a live hockey game for the philadelphia flyers if you know anything about hockey, that's not a good thing. Uh, so uh, Ryan should be back with us next week as well. So uh, they will be here. Uh, fret not. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, 1LT Photo says he recommends a V-neck soft jersey double-sided T-shirt. Uh, my personal favorite T-shirt is that uh, two mics double-sided. I like the uh, small chest logo. And then the full back print, very nice. Not very evil, just very nice. Uh, so, hey, Joe, looks like you're back. Hopefully, you hopefully you can hear me. Oh, yeah, I, you I sound great. Still echoing, still echoing in, my in my ear. So, well, you sound, so, you sound fine to me, so that's all that matters. Well, apologies, well, to, apologies the to the listeners if there's an echo. There is. You just get to hear twice the Joe. That's a good thing. Uh, Joe, why don't we dive into dynamite tonight? Um, so, uh, there was a lot on this announced card for the evening. Um, so there's a lot for us to talk about. The first thing I actually want to sort of say though, um, was that I felt like this was, this was a flat episode only because I feel like the crowd wasn't all the way in on some of the stuff uh, going on in the ring. And it's not because it wasn't necessarily good. I just feel like the crowd wasn't alive tonight, like in some other, some other places. Uh, I don't know if you felt the same way. I just felt it was the crowd was super flat. Yeah. Yeah. I can see I that. Can see it, that. Wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh I'm trying to think the matches, think the matches itself, itself weren't anything to get overly excited, get overly about, excited about, for about for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Like, um, the fact that, um, the fact that, I don't know what I want to say here. The matches that they announced, like some of the championship matches were, that they announced were good. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're getting a, you're getting a international championship match, right? Like orange Cassidy's like over, you know, was is over everywhere. Like it should have been like way bigger than I thought it was received. Uh, you know, the ring of honor, six man tag championship. That is what it is like, you know, but it's the bucks and Hangman. Um, you knew you were going to get Omega and Jericho, you know, it just, 
everything seemed to just fall flat once they started going in the ring. And I don't necessarily think it's because of what was going on in the ring. I just don't know if the crowd was super into it. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. Uh, they opened up recapping last week's main event. Uh, and also a promo for Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, we also got a recap of MJF defending his championship against Kenny Omega on Collision. We talked about that in the first hour. If you weren't here for that, definitely go back and listen to the replay. But then we go backstage for MJF to get interviewed by the ravishing Rene Paquette. And he has a list of, uh, of names of the roster. Uh, and he's going to go find three tag team partners tonight who aren't a-holes. And he uh, then he pulls in uh, Adam Cole via satellite. Cole's very glad he's the longest reigning <clears throat> and greatest AEW world champion, and it kills him that he can't be there tonight. And But he does say that Max should consider Samoa Joe's offer. But Friedman doesn't know because Joe almost broke his neck the last time they wrestled. And MJF promised to defend their world, uh, their Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship for him at full gear. Um, and then he leaves. And that's when Roddy and the Kingdom roll up. Uh, Matt Taven, by the way, just fantastic with the giraffe print hoodie on underneath his purple blazer. Uh, and Roddy starts to criticize Max until Adam's had enough. And then he ends his, uh, his uh, video chat. And we get the screen flash. We get a brief image of the man or, or woman, we don't know, in the devil mask. And then we go to our intro video. So uh, we clearly know the through line for the episode, Joe, right? Is it's going to be, um, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, MJF, Max. Sorry, I was going to say Joe. It's going to be Max sort of trying to find partners all night because he doesn't have anybody yet. So we know that's sort of the through line. We know that Roddy still is not into MJF. Good to see Adam Cole. But I think the biggest thing here is we're going to be basically on a search all night for partners. And who's it going to be? So they let you know right off the bat that this is still a story we're going to be looking at all night. But the first thing we get, the first match, is uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Orange Cassidy. And I just want to say this, Joe. This is the first time I noticed it. I don't understand why Orange Cassidy's coming out first. He's the champion. I thought it was the champion's advantage to enter the ring second. Yeah, I'm surprised they won then. That's very true. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, he does win the match. Orange Cassidy wins the match. We did get to see some crazy stuff from Claudio, right? We saw um, We saw the giant swing. We also saw him reverse Orange Cassidy into another swing, right? And I think he also did the swing in some sort of chokehold, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but, I mean, this match was exactly what sort of Claudio said he was going to do. He wasn't going to hold back. He was going to sort of uh, be brutal. Uh, and then, you know, we got that out of him. But Orange Cassidy wins by pinfall with the roll uh, to retain his championship. However, post-match, John Moxley enters to beat Orange Cassidy down in the ring. Uh, no best friends in attendance. Hook was ejected from the arena. Nobody's going to help. So Claudio watches the beat down passively, and then security runs down to break it up, and he helps John clear the ring so he can go back to beating up Orange Cassidy. 
Castagnoli pulls Moxley uh, up after a few more punches, and John basically gets the idea. So uh, he moves on. So let's stop it there because then we go into some other stuff. Um, <clears throat> thoughts on the match and the post match, Joe? Clearly, uh, John Moxley's not over it. No, and I think that's good. You can kind of pick up where you left off before you got injured. Um, the match is good from, you know, you have Claudio, who's the power, versus Orange Cassidy, who you knew in order for him to win, he was going to have to do something, some kind of quick pin or some kind of um, some kind of maneuver to uh, to counter the power. Um, and, yeah, I think the the way he pinned him, um, you know, reversing the the giant uppercut into a, a roll up was a, a, a nice way for him to win, and I think I was more interested to see kind of Claudio uh, his reaction after the loss, and almost it almost felt like he respected Orange after the match, and there's some kind of hesitancy for him to let Moxley beat him down, but so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're clearly, like, sort of resetting in some fashion, right? Because Mox wasn't supposed to lose that title uh, and then got a concussion. <laughs> and now the title's on Orange, you know, depending on what you've seen or heard. It looked like they took it off of uh, Phoenix because I think he's a little banged up, but also um, he can't travel internationally or there's something there was something going on with the way he could travel. So it was going to become problematic. <clears throat> so it's back on orange, but it, they're sort of weaving this story, which we'll get they come back to this later. You know, we'll hear more from John Moxley. Um, so I think they're doing a nice job with the story, but yeah, I, I didn't think about that. There, there was that sense of hesitancy out of Claudio. Uh, and that's, that's a nice wrinkle to this story as well. If that is something that's true. Yeah, so, I think uh, I was gonna say the. I don't think he ever actually helped Moxley beat Orange down after the bell. I think he, he just got he some did. guys away from him, and then he just kind of eventually pulled them off when he thought he had enough. Yeah, that is um, that is what happened. You're right. So the security came down, and then Claudio sort of helped clear the ring of the security and allowed John to go back but then pulled him off when he had enough. So yeah, maybe it was feeling sorry. Maybe it was just, Hey, he just went, you know, I just beat the shit out of him. You know, he got the better of me. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it's, it could be a nice wrinkle to this story. Um, but we'll see because there's, I mean, there's a lot of shit going down with the, with the BCC Mox is just getting back. Danielson's going back on the shelf. Uh, Claudio and Wheeler are still there, but it looks like Wheeler maybe will maybe go into something with Hook because they were both ejected during this match uh, because they were sort of getting in the way. So we'll see what happens. But after this match, MJF is backstage uh, and he knocks on Omega's door looking for tag team partners. But Jericho answers. Uh, MJF, if Kenny's in there, and Jericho slams the door in his face. As he moves on, however, Wardlow comes out of nowhere and gets Max up against the wall, choking him. 
promises to take everything from him, just like Max took everything from Wardlow. And he says he's going to do that when he least expects it. And he lets go and leaves, but Max is frustrated and he throws his clipboard uh, down at the floor and storms off. He does, however, run into the acclaimed who want to team with him, but he walks off and Bowens is is mad and uh, says that they hid for nothing. And then we go to break. So Max still looking for his partners. He does not want to give in to the acclaimed, but uh, Kenny's not an option. And, uh, you know, Wardlow, clearly not an option. It, we thought I, I thought maybe it could have been uh, because Wardlow would want to protect him for a future title shot, um, but not the case. So we move on. We will come back to this, but I thought it was pretty funny how Jericho answered the door and he asked for Kenny. He just slams the door closed. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything here, Joe. Wardlow showing up was also a nice touch for me. Yeah, I think it played off what we were all kind of speculating of who's going to be his three. And some of us, I think some of us probably thought maybe Joe, maybe it's Wardlow, maybe it's you know Hobbs, since they're all shown in the past week um, staring at, watching him. So maybe he thought, you know, all the three guys would go and protect him. Uh, but yeah, it, it seemed like the red herring to the red herring that wasn't the red herring. Right. No, I know. They try to swerve you too many times. You come back, <laughs> you know. Speaking of swerve. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. But before we do, uh, when they get back from commercial, we do hear from John Moxley, and he is angry. He says that Phoenix kamikazed himself to put him down for three seconds, and Cassidy swept in and took the match from him. Uh, and he says he showed Orange respect when no one else would, and now he's writing him off like everyone else. He's sick of him, like he's sick of everyone, and maybe it's not even him, but maybe he's going to beat him within an inch of his life at full gear just because he can. So essentially, that match is booked. Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, two for full gear in what like three weeks right uh the 18th no that's like two weeks what am i talking about uh so that should be a good match orange cassidy and uh, moxley too he is clearly uh able to go uh but we do oh i'm sorry joe go ahead oh i understand i I think he's gonna go choke a bitch and win oh um, well it can go either way i mean i don't you know I don't know what the plans were if Moxley were to retain it at, uh, we- uh, not Wembley, excuse me, at Arthur Ashe. You know, they the the rumors were it was going to be Shibata at Wrestle Dream. Now, I don't think Shibata would have won that match because, you know, Shibata is a title holder in Ring of Honor. Um, but who knows? I don't know what the plans would have been after that. So we'll see. Mox could take it back for sure. Orange Cassidy can win because Orange Cassidy hadn't beat Mox, right? So maybe this is where he gets his win. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out all at full gear, live and in color on pay-per-view. So we move on to our next match. As you said, speaking of swerve, we have the Hung Bucks versus the Mogul Embassy, Bishop Khan, Toa Leona, and Brian Cage for the Ring of Honor World six-man tag team championship. That is a mouthful. So the match is going on. 
and eventually uh hangman is going for um uh for the buckshot lariat but we do then start to hear swerve asking whose house and he says last week i was at your house uh and so hangman tags in uh, one of the jacksons uh as he makes his way up the ramp to chase off swerve uh and that's the last we see of of hangman in this match the numbers do become too much for the young bucks so the mogul embassy win by pinfall with a double face buster from the gates of agony on nick jackson to win the ring of honor world six-man tag team championship again um they do cut backstage we see security pulling shane strickland and adam page apart and back at ringside the young bucks are are frustrated matt uh takes out some frustration on uh some of the ringside furniture and we go to break now i'll say this joe um i was a little surprised post-match uh the ring announcer justin uh did not um did not really sort of like make a big deal out of them being the champions he was just like uh again your ring of honor world sex tag team champions mogul embassy like it was very sort of downplayed it was sort of weird because you know usually it's like and new champion um so it just was sort of weird how they kept it really subdued the crowd also did not seem to be into this match at all but i sort of get what's going on we we have to move ahead to sort of uh uh swerve and uh hangman and that did become official tonight as well we are going to get uh swerve versus hangman two at full gear so that story is not over and We'll see what's up with the Bucks a little later in this episode. So, Joe, what did you think of the match? The crowd, like the the announcement post-match, like everything just seemed weird to me. You know, I, I felt like I kind of had the same thought as the crowd where I wasn't really fully invested in the match. Um, initially, I, I, I saw the match like, oh, no, the Bucks, the, the elite will, will retain. Um, no, it's just whatever. It's just to help move along the Heyman story and something else will happen. Uh, but to have them lose to the M- the Mogul Embassy um, and the weekly AEW programming of ROH title defenses, um, it was it's an odd choice. I hope it's a transition where a, you know, a six-man team that wrestles on OH will win them off of them. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just, it, it was all more, it was all about the post match with Heyman and the Bucks and Swerve. For sure. And I think it is interesting to note, I saw it come up in the chat, but I did have this in my notes. Uh, to my knowledge, the Bucks did not appear once on Ring of Honor television uh, and did not defend those titles, clearly, would not have defended those titles on Ring of Honor television. Um, so it was an odd choice to give them those belts. Uh, but maybe it's all for a means to an end as we'll sort of chat young bucks a little bit later. But, um, yeah, it, we've talked about this before too. And I know our good friend, Kyle K sparks has even said it. 
what's the point of having Ring of Honor belts if they're never going to appear or be defended on Ring of Honor television? Like, it doesn't make sense. So well, I'm yeah. glad we took them off the bucks, but yeah, I, this has to be transitional. And to build off that point, you're talking about like, you know, why do we have RH belts if they're never defended on RH? I think about like Samoa Joe would being the TV champion, right? And no, he, he he's the king of TV and whatever and all this other stuff. But now it's like, no, I'm bored of the RH TV championship. I want to go after the world, the AEW championship. So it's like I feel like that again furthering, less, lessening the importance of the RH TV belt that he has. Yeah, uh, no, I don't disagree. I I think I. I think I said it leading into um, All In, uh, where he had the match against um, oh god, Shay Taylor. Like I felt like that would have been perfectly fine to take the belt off him against Shane Taylor, and then he could move on because he did move on after that to then go to MJF, and they fought it at. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, uh, but it, at Arthur Ashe, uh, they fought at Arthur Ashe and um, at Grand Slam. That's it. Excuse me. They fought at Grand Slam and he didn't need to have a TV championship. He could have just the story could have been that I'm taking that loss, that frustration out on you. And then, <clears throat> you know, keep the You could have just kept this story going with Samoa Joe. He doesn't need that belt. I really would love to see them put those belts on people who are on ring of honor all the time, like Athena, you know, uh, or are just like ring of honor lifers, right? Like why couldn't Dalton castle or Shane Taylor or even Matt Taven be a TV champion? You know what I mean? Like it just makes sense to the brand, but who knows? You want to move subscriptions. You want to do this and that fine. But like, then they have to appear on TV on, on ring of honor TV, you know, like you can't have these belts on guys and they're not going to be on honor, t- honor, honor club, you know? Well, yeah. And you're recording RH what before and after collision. Yep. So like the guys are there. <laughs> they're there. The only thing I might, the only thing I'm, might hypothesize is the fact that for a long time the bucks were not appearing on collision for obvious reasons that problem's not there anymore so they could have been there but i don't know who knows what's in their deal maybe they get to refuse that they don't want to be a collision they just want to be on you know um on on dynamite you know, there are, there are guys clearly in the advertising now for Collision that it's like you have to watch Collision to see these guys. I mean, the commercials that they run tonight, it specifically called out Danielson, specifically called out House of Black. So, I don't know. It just is, it's weird. But I digress. We can move on. Um, When they do get back from commercial, after the Young Bucks have finished taking their frustration out on the ring posts. Um, MJF is backstage again, looking for partners. He goes up to Samoa Joe's door, but he can't bring himself to knock. So he moves on. He finds Darby Allen's door. 
He chuckles a little bit, rips the sign down, pulls out a Sharpie, and then scratches uh, his name out and then replaces it with emo bitch. And then he runs into the acclaimed again and he ignores them, much to Anthony Bowen's chagrin. And we go back to the ring. So again, Joe, we are not in on the acclaimed. We are looking for partners. It's not going to be Joe. We we think at this point it's not going to be Joe. Uh, it's clearly not going to be Darby Allen, but he's banged up anyway, right? So we know it's not going to be Darby. So why was why was Darby's sign? His sign on his door looked so much smaller than everyone else's. Good question. Maybe his sign was. Uh, different so that it could be written on i don't know i'd have to go back and see like was samoa's joe's dressing room sign like an eight by ten laminated piece of paper or was it like a real plastic like plaque that they hang on every door you know what i mean like wherever they go it's just a magnetized sort of plastic board that they stick on his dressing room you know what i mean um i don't know i didn't notice that but i'll take your word for it Oh, Jesse Ozog with a good point, though. Uh, Darby Allen is smaller than everyone else. It's true. That is factual. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from that, Joe, Shivani is in the ring to interview Adam Copeland, and he brings him out. Uh, Copeland says that if we all knew, uh, if we knew all the hats that Tony wears backstage, we'd cheer harder. And he thanks him. Um, and he says that everybody wants answers. And what's, what's he going to do? Is he going to team with Sting and Darby Allen at full gear? Because that was the question from Shivani. You know, last week, you know, Sting got in your face. You know, what's going on? Well, before he could give any answers, Christian Cage comes in, flanked, of course, by Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. And Cage says he wants to pay, paint a picture, says he's going to retire Sting at full gear, whether he likes it or not. And Darby is a gimp arm, and he'll never be the same after what Cage did to him, dumping him on the stairs at WrestleDream. And he doesn't think he needs to remind Adam of his neck problems, and he'd hate for the fairy tale to turn into a nightmare. So he suggests that uh, Copeland back down uh, right now. If he knows what's good for him, uh, you know, that is, or else, you know, if he knows what's good for him, he'll he'll, uh, snap his neck uh, and leave him in a wheelchair uh, to live the rest of his life uh, undignified and let his uh, kids wipe the drool off his face. And he can see this isn't sinking in. So he asks his guys to, to give him a preview. <clears throat> so uh, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne make their way out of the ring. Copeland is really on top of it though. Fights them both off before Christian gets in and he's got, you know, he's in the corner edge has him sort of cornered, but he doesn't go for him. And that gives Luchasaurus the opening to hit him with a lariat to the back of the head. Uh, Nick uh, Wayne slides a chair into the ring, then a second chair. Christian wants the concerto, but Sting is here. Uh, And he takes Wayne out uh, with a backhand. Uh, Darby joins him uh, and goes to town on Cage. Uh, And Adam takes out uh, Luchasaurus. But then Copeland takes Christian out with a spear. He said he wouldn't, but he does. And he grabs the mic and says that if Cage wants to snap his neck, he's going to beat his ass 
it is on. He calls him a stupid son of a bitch, tells Darby and Sting that if they need a partner at full gear, then he is their man. <clears throat> so we know at full gear, we're going to get uh, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage versus Darby Allen, uh, Sting, uh, and uh, Adam Copeland. Uh, that is official. So, uh, Joe, I will say this, and I'd love your thoughts here. I will say this. Uh, Mrs. Money was sitting on the couch, and Adam Copeland said, uh, uh, I'll beat your ass. Mrs. Money's response was, did he say I'll eat your ass. I said, no, he said beat, but I see how it could sound like eat. Yeah. That's the iron savages gimmick. That's that's gimmick infringement. Uh, so we, we knew we were going to get here. Right. Um, so I'm not surprised at this, um, but it'll be interesting to see where we go after this. What'd you think about the whole situation? It felt, predictable i mean if you watch wrestling long enough it's this usually what happens right like you delay you delay you delay until you can't take it anymore and you have to go and and beat the crap out of your brother um i i'm interested to see if anything comes out of this match to further progress so we get maybe get that one-on-one match eventually and the rest of it, you know, there was no Rick Flair tonight, so that was good. Yep. Well, um, I I mean, I'll say, well, Rick Flair, you hypothetically, because of what he said uh last week, Rick Flair should be in the corner uh, you know, for uh Sting, Darby, and um and Adam Copeland at the pay-per-view. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. I'm interested to see how they sort of build a one-on-one program. Cause I, you know, I think what everybody's thinking is that's where we're going to go. And I'm fine with that. Um, you know, Christian versus Adam Copeland. Yeah. Like now, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like I'll take it. Uh, Christian's doing some of the best work he's done in his career. So, um, I will take it. What I'm going to be interesting, uh, interested in seeing is, <clears throat> if there's anything to sort of further what's going to happen with uh, Sting at uh, Revolution, because we know that's going to be Sting's last match. If I'm putting money on it, it's got to be Sting Darby. So I think there has to be a way to get um, Sting and Darby. I don't want to see... what I see one LT photo saying in the chat, I'll even pull it up. Uh, Flair be turning at the pay-per-view. Um, the only reason I don't want to see that uh, one LT and Joe is because um, if that happens, I would almost certainly feel like, oh my God, we are going to get Ric Flair and Sting somewhere. And I don't want that for the last match. I don't want that at the uh, December thirtieth pay per view. I don't. I don't want it at all. Maybe it'd be the buy-in match. I don't want it anywhere. If they want to do it, uh, a la Rocky, uh, you know, uh, Rocky three with him and Apollo in a ring where nobody can see it. You know, uh, fine. 
fine, but I don't want to see it anywhere in front of a camera. No. Don't need it. Well, uh, after this, we go into our important announcement of the night. Now, this is the Tony Khan important announcement number 764. By my account, I could be off a couple, but this was an important announcement. <clears throat> Joe, you've got your Christmas tree. Uh, but I do want to say that there were a lot of thoughts about what this could be tonight. Um, some people thought that the possibility was they've been leaning on the women a lot lately. Maybe they're going to do a women's pay-per-view. Maybe they're going to do some sort of programming they put somewhere that is woman-centric. Um, my thinking, as he got into the announcement, was perhaps an announcement that uh, AEW is going to be joining Bleacher Report on Max or starting their own streaming service, almost like the Honor Club. That was not the announcement. So Nigel and Tony are backstage, and that probably should have been our tip-off, but it didn't really tip me off at the moment. Um, Tony Khan does say it's been a great year for AEW. He recounts uh, the highlights of All In, and he says, all over the world, Christmas trees are going up. And uh, he says that uh, his parents' Christmas tree has been up since July. Uh, chuckles a little bit to himself. I guess nobody else got the joke. but. Uh, he does say he can't think of a greater gift this holiday season than a ticket to All In 2024. And that tickets will be on sale December 1st. But if you sign up now uh, for early access, you can get some of the best tickets available early on. Joe, uh, we knew that um, we knew that All In was taking place in 2024. They told us the date. The fact that this was just ticket on sale, this doesn't warrant a big announcement on television. This is a total troll move. If I've ever seen one, um, complete bust uh, does, not, does not need to happen. It did get you to decorate for Christmas, though, with your Charlie Brown tree, so I'll take it. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, what uh, 10 being the worst, what or most disappointed, what was your level of disappointment? Oh. It was... I, the announcements are a parody of themselves, right? I, I, I have to believe... They're just one parody after another to to promote. Like I would even say, if you, if you want to promote it in the in the program itself, that's fine. Say, hey, coming up, we have a special message from Tony Khan. But to promote it like a week out or ahead of the show and make it like it's some big announcement to say, hey, sign up for pre-sale for a show that we already told you about coming up. That's no, a, a half a year away, or if not more. Um, yeah, I wasn't quite sure. There must be. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're probably worried about you no, know, how many tickets they're going to sell this time around since 
the the shock and awe factor had worn off after the first one. But um, I will say that I liked the presentation of Nigel there helping make the announcement with him. So it wasn't just a ransom message. And yeah. I like the fact that they also had, you know, B-roll over the top of Tony talking. So again, he wasn't just staring in the camera, reading the teleprompter. Right. Um, no, I agree. I agree with that. It just was like, <clears throat> well, I guess, Joe, uh, what did, what did you think this announcement could have been? Did you have any preconceived notion of what it might be? No, I really didn't. Um, the women's thing, you know, was a possibility in my mind. Um, I think the, the, the streaming op, the you know, streaming service with CB deal stuff is always, you know, it'll always be an option until they finally announce it. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know what else it could have been other than, um, you know, some kind of upcoming event, like a special one-off event, or, you know, we're going to have, like, a, you know, almost like it had Title Tuesday, we're going to have a Tuesday Dynamite, but, like, if you, if you, you know, say winter, winter is coming, we'll be at whatever Dynamite. Right. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, when I saw the the hypotheticals running around of, oh, you know, there's been a lot of focus on women. It's going to be a women's pay-per-view. I was like, listen, I'll watch it, right? Like when the when the E ran their women's pay-per-view years ago at this point, what was it? I, I think they might have called it like Revolution or something like that. Uh, or Women's Revolution. I don't remember. But like I watched it. It was a good show. I, I, I think the thought was they were going to do a lot more of them, and then they never did. Um which again, I would watch an all women's pay-per-view. I have no problem with that. But where my problem sort of comes in, Joe, is the fact that if you're going to do something like that, then how are you going to properly sort of promote it when you have one women's match per program um, and then you haven't proven yourself with your storylines besides like a handful of times that it's actually worked. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's a lot of, there's always promise with the women's division and they never come through. You know what I mean? Like, it's always like, Ooh, good stories. Like, um, you know, this is working. I like this, but like, then it just dies on the vine. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing there. So that was my only sort of like, Oh, I hope it's not a women's pay-per-view because there's no way they're going to build interest with one match, a show that's like five minutes long that they take four commercial breaks in the middle of, you know? No, that's fair. But I will say that, um, yeah, I think at this point it's a total troll job, right? It's like, we're just going to announce that we have an announcement and drive everybody nuts. And then it's like, gotcha, bitch. It's not a big announcement. Like we could have done this via email. But eventually they're gonna have this boy boy who cried wolf syndrome. Of course. I, I eventually mean eventually we'll I, actually have something big. Uh, right. People will be like, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay attention to this because it's just gonna be another bullshit thing and it's gonna be something huge. I don't disagree. It's gonna be gonna be wild. 
But let's move on. Let's move on to more important things like uh, 2.0 Cool Hand, uh, Angelo Parker, and Daddy Magic versus um, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Uh, Don Callis is on commentary for this. Uh, Jericho and Omega do win by pinfall via the Judas effect from Chris Jericho on Angelo Parker. And post-match, Don Callis gets on the mic uh, from the stage with his family behind him. He gives Jericho and Kenny credit for being like cockroaches, hard to get rid of, and maybe they need to take it up a notch. Maybe it doesn't get finished in the wrestling ring. Maybe it gets finished on the street. So if you've got the guts to face them in a street fight in two weeks on Dynamite, please step up to the plate. And Jericho asks what they've got, uh, what they're going to do about being called uh, dummies. And Omega says, uh, it's bad enough being a dummy. He'd hate to be a stupid head. Okay. And he says that if they want a street fight, they'll accept it, but not alone. If he's going to bring the, the Callus family along, they're going to spot, uh, they have a spot reserved for Kota Ibushi. So we know Ibushi is going to be available. But Don points out that they need another guy. And Kenny asks if asks Chris for some ideas. So Jericho says Hobbs is a big, big man, but he's got a friend who's even bigger. Not a normal man, but a giant. Well, it's not the big show. It's Paul White. No more BS. Um, and Kyle Fletcher comes flying up the ramp, but he gets knocked the fuck out. Uh, and then, uh, nobody else wants to take him up on it. We go to break. I did enjoy the little wink from, uh, the big show to Chris Jericho standing in the ring. Uh, so it is a reuniting for, uh, Jericho. I don't know what they're going to call them now. Can't be Jericho. Uh, but, um, you know, good to see Paul white able to get back in the tights and in the ring. I had heard he was working towards that. Not for like, uh, you know, some extended run, but maybe just to have a couple more and then hang it up because he's, you know, pretty, pretty far gone at this point. Um, but we kicked that around idea last week, right? Uh, who's it going to be? Could be tall Paul. Could be um, maybe even I think we I, I said uh, Mark Henry, you know, if they needed a couple guys. Mark Henry's another big dude. Um, but I'll take to, I'll take tall Paul. And I got to give money, uh, Mrs. Money credit for sitting on the couch and being like, big man, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Paul White. So she nailed it. Um, but what'd you think about all this, Joe? Um, match, the post match, the fact that we're going to get a street fight in two weeks. <laughs> what do you think? The match was fine. Um, I was more enjoying listening to the commentary with, Callis and Shivani and, and Taz and all them going back and forth. Um, I was more interested in listening to that than the match itself. Um, but it did what it needed to do, right? It uh it advances the story for Jericho for the Golden Jets. And um I thought Kyle Fletcher being a part of the family officially now and who's all suited and booted, uh, he looked like a million bucks. I thought he like looked great out there with them. Oh. Yeah, he fit perfect. It, like, you know, you're not going to be the guy in a cape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
being with the Don Callis family. I did like it. I did also enjoy that he was the guy who was full of piss and vinegar. Like, I'll take out Paul White and then just got knocked out. But the match, I'm not, I don't know. I, this is one one time I think where I, I want the faces to lose the street fight. Just because we've seen Abushi and a blood and guts, and that right. didn't exactly go well. Tall Paul, no, he'll hit his spot, but he's not, no, moving. He's not a spring chicken moving, you know, all around the ring. Right. So I don't expect the match, the fight to be that great. Um, and I think it, it does more for, you know, the Callis family to get the win. So I'm hoping that they'll somehow beat this team of old veterans in the, um, you know, Ontario street fight. Here's my prediction. You've got, um, you've got Gesta. You've got Hobbs. I'm sorry. You've got powerhouse Hobbs. You've got Fletcher. Uh, and, um, who's the fourth? I guess it's Sammy, right? Who? Oh, been so long. Sammy Guevara. Uh, he's the fourth, right? Yeah, as long as he clears whatever right. his protocol, whatever he's doing. So you've got four on on four, right? Um, I think the way that you have to maybe do it. Now I don't know what the schedule looks like, but is there a way that Osprey shows up in Canada, and he's the difference? And now what are we, now it's like, what are we setting up? Because maybe you do <clears throat> something with Osprey and Fletcher. Maybe you have another Osprey Jericho match. Who, who the fuck knows? But maybe we get an appearance at a Osprey to help get the win for the heels. Because I'm with you. I don't want to see the Callis family lose and, and almost become like that, um, like that monster heel faction that is going to talk the big game all the way up to the big match. And then bam, like they lose it. You know, the same way we've talked before about like Nyla Rose. Yeah. She's a monster. She wins regular matches, but the big ones she can't win. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see that happen with the Callis family. I think they need to stay strong. So my guess is, uh, my guess is you have to have somebody show up and it would have to be at that point, Osprey. Who, there's nobody else unless somebody else is going to align themselves with the Callis family that we're not thinking of because it's got to be, it's got to be Sammy would be their fourth. Yeah. So, I don't know. We will see. I don't mind the story. It's all Paul. You know, we'll see. Maybe he'll pull out the Captain Insano gear. There's been a lot of rumors that the Captain Insano gear is is there and he's waiting for the perfect time. Maybe this is it in the street fight. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, we have to see him wrestle. In it. I mean, it was nice to see him pull it out for that, for the, the Brochacho vignette, but yes, we got to see him wrestle in it for sure. But we do move on and we come back from ba- from break with the stunning Renee Paquette in the locker room with Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, but the Bucks are sort of pacing around in the back. 
And Jericho um, talks about uh, how Paul White's his friend. And then Matt Jackson rolls up to say that he's not mad at Omega. You know, he's like, oh, friends. You know, oh, uh, I thought we were friends. You know, he's, he's not mad at Omega. But what's the point of being uh, the point of the elite being back together if they're not going to have each other's back? But there's no heat. He's mad about Chris being in the locker room. And then they sort of trash talk each other a little bit. Kenny says it's sort of like an enemy of my enemy situation, but the Bucks aren't really having it. They say, you know, just enjoy the locker room, clean it up when you're done. Uh, and they storm off. Jericho takes a sip of water, throws it down, and says, clean that up, Bucks. Which I thought was kind of funny. But so here's my question to you, Joe. <clears throat> we have seen this story many times. This issues the cracks in the foundation of the elite are we gonna break are we gonna bust the elite up now and then eventually get them back together because i mean hangman abandoned them hangman's off on his swerve thing you've got the golden jets right kenny is just trying to face off against the the callous family that's sort of the spin he was trying to give the bucks the bucks feel like now they're the ones out in the cold um are you are you tired of this story? Because I'm sort of getting a little tired of this. We're best friends. We're the elite. And then we break it up and we're pissed at each other. But then we're going to get back together and everything's going to be cool. We'll forget about it. We're elite. Like, are you are you over this? I'm a little over this. Yeah, it's, it's this older story that they have is, you know, on and off again, friends, um, high school drama. It's as played out as, you know, tall Paul turning face and heel in the same match over and over again, you know, it's just hmm. redundant. Um, so I hope they find a new twist on it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, uh, the Bucks just lost their titles. They're probably going to say now they want the tag team titles, right? Like they said, they wanted to do it again. You know, but I don't know. There's enough for them to not have to be together all the time. Um, so I don't, I don't mind it. I just, if they're going to do it, I want to see them go on an extended break with it and not be like, we're, we're going to hate each other for like two weeks. And then we're going to get back together. You know, maybe mm -hmm. we see a heel, maybe we see a heel turn out of the bucks, right? They go back to being the heel. Maybe they, they turn their back on, on uh, Kenny when Kenny needs some help. Or, you know, Hangman needs some assistance with Swerve and Prince Nana and the Bucks are like, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. And they don't show up, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they go. But maybe it'll become clear in the next few weeks. What I can tell you is that we move on to the Women's World Championship match of the night. Hikaru Shida versus Willow Nightingale. Again, I don't understand Willow lost the four-way match. I don't understand how she has an immediate claim to a title shot, but I digress because I do like Willow. Um, so uh, cutting to the end of this match, Sheeta does win by pinfall with the Katana to retain her championship. Post-match is really where it's all at. Tony Storm uh, and uh, her butler make the entrance. Uh, and um, Luther, the butler is coming down the ramp with a pillow that has a shoe on it, but she just smacks that out of his hand, rushes the stage, 
to lay Tony Storm out with the knee, chasing her to the back, but the lights go out. Commentary is very confused, but when the lights go up, Julia Hart is in the ring with Willow Nightingale, and Willow turns around, sort of talking a little bit at uh, talking a little bit at uh, uh, Julia Hart, and then Hart extends a hand, and um, Willow's not really sure what's going to happen, but Sky Blue rolls in and gets between the two of them. And Blue and and uh, uh, Julia Hart sort of exchange looks. Julia nods a little bit. Sky Blue turns around to stare Nightingale down before coming back and turning to uh, Julia Hart to spit blue mist in her face or maybe just on her chest if you look at where the paint actually is. Um, and Hart staggers out of the ring. She's angry and confused and... She's going to curse Sky. Um, so that rounds out that sort of segment. So we know uh, clearly we're building to Sheeta and, and Tony Storm, right? At the pay-per-view, Willow's not going to take this belt off her. Glad to see Willow get a shot on the main card on television, even though she didn't win. But my um my thought that I held off on before Joe was this. We were talking about Abaddon and not wanting her to be dusted off for like one match a year. She is apparently good to go. Uh, They said she was, you know, cleared. She's been out injured or whatever when she was wrestling on Friday night. Now, you know, what I was also surprised that Willow came out with no, you know, drippy eye makeup, right? So Willow looks like she's back on the light side. Sky Blue came out with the drippy eyes, looked like she was going to align herself with uh, with um, Julia Hart. I don't know why I keep spacing on her name. But, um, but then turns on Julia. If we are setting up some sort of tag match, why not have Abaddon join Julia Hart? The gimmicks sort of fit together um in my brain uh so i wouldn't mind seeing something like that what do you think on everything joe the match the post-match my suggestion on abaddon and julia hart tagging together tell us what you think i was with you i I thought the same thing about willow getting a champ a title match after losing the the four-way match but I, I guess I understand it from the storytelling part of what they were doing post-match of why she was there in that match. So, um, and it's good. That, I guess it's good that they've been building up Sheeta. Um, you know, they've been really heavy on focusing about like how much she's defending the title lately, and um, so I think that's helping build her up will be good for that match with, with Tony Storm. Um, I liked when when she goes and attacks Tony Storm that like it stays in black and white, whatever, even though like, so like, it looked like she had go from like time jumps from the current to Tony's world. Yeah. Um, it's I, I enjoyed that little, that little nugget. Um, but, and then the post match, um, you put two and two together, which I'm, I, I'm all on board with Abaddon being kind of the the Brody King of Julia Hart's like female 
House of Black group. Um, I think that fits well, like you said. Um, but I am disappointed that if they don't turn Sky, if they keep Sky a face, that I felt like they wasted an opportunity where she could use a a, a character refresher, like just something different. And I thought she's a little bit more interesting with the, the tease of her going to the dark side, so to speak. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, but apparently, you know, if she can't spit the blue mist out very well, then maybe she shouldn't be there. So. Agreed. I, um, I, I didn't even realize she spit anything until like Julie was doing her best to make it seem like she got it right in the face, but it clearly looked like it was all down here, like on her shirt. Sometimes you, you, you aim to blow for the face and it's on the chest or chest in the eyes, you know, it's the whole thing. It's a problem. You got to really have good control over all of your faculties and i guess yeah, otherwise just like a fire hydrant that's right spray and pray just spider-man and all over the place my god well either way there are a couple interesting things they could do with this depending on uh on what they decide they want to do i'm all for an abaddon julia hart team together uh and i think that could be good for abaddon too um so Let's move on. We go backstage again to MJF. He's sitting with his clipboard and the acclaimed roll up. So Bowen says Max is the only guy, Max Caster that is, uh, is the only guy who likes MJF. And Caster has a trash bag with an outfit in it that uh, that Freeman would have to wear. But Freeman takes one look at it and says, no way, he's never going to tag with them. And he's got one more group on the list. And so they pan over and see that it's Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Karen Jarrett uh, beckoning him to them, saying, like, come on, Max. Come on. And Max did not look too pleased. Um, So we're going to touch on this in a moment because there's sort of two quick segments here, Joe. Um, But then we go to... um, uh gorgeous renee paquette backstage with roddy strong in the kingdom rolling up uh with a ringing phone in hand and they're calling adam cole and strong is upset that mjf didn't even try to ask them to team with him and cole tells him to shut the hell up and we go to break so i did enjoy the phone call segment too uh i did i thought it was very funny the reveal of Sanjay Dutt, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. Um, I thought that was just real a really fun reveal. And just the look on Max's face was like, oh God. You know, he just like sort of knew what he had to do. Um but yeah, he what did feels, you, you he think? feels he feels the same way we all do about Jeff Jarrett and that faction. Well, you know, I would say in that faction, sure. I love Jeff Jarrett. I need more of him on my TV. So I'll take Why him anywhere. Like I, well, I know. I'm not stealing a gimmick. I love Jeff Jarrett. Um, but yeah, that was very funny. And then what did what did you think about the uh, Roddy Kingdom roll-up? It's, I mean, I think the part I laughed at the most was just uh, 
was it was I can't remember was were this the only time they were on Dynamite or were they on earlier? I can't remember. They were on earlier at the open. Okay. Uh, they rolled up. I'm messing up my 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 interview segments. Um it's interesting to see Adam grow more frustrated with Roddy now. Like he was giving Roddy the benefit of the doubt and would like stay on the phone with him, but now he's just cutting him off where he's to the point of just annoyed and not playing the games anymore. Um so I mean I'm curious to see how that develops going forward as you know, Roddy will probably eventually get a little bit more frustrated with Adam. Yeah, I um I thought for sure um you know that he would somehow end up with Roddy and and company. But I still I still think they're going to find a way to team Roddy with MJF for those tag team titles. And one of two oh, things is going to happen. Either <clears throat> either Roddy's going to sort of like lay claim to the title cuz he's like, "Hey, I helped you defend it. I was here." And then that becomes a problem with Adam and maybe we get an Adam Roddy program singles uh, or MJF is just like, you know, Adam, he's not so bad, you know, and now Adam is sort of being gaslit, right? Like he's the crazy one for not seeing how great Roddy is. They could go, you know, a bunch of different ways with it, but well, MJF is defending the RH belt against what the guns against the guns, but he needs a partner. Right. Um, and Ryan makes sense. Deep down in my heart, I really love it if you're like randomly Danhausen. He comes back, he faces the ass boys. You know, MJF, he called them the ass boys a lot lately. Mm, um, I agree. I, so yeah, I listen, I'd go for it. I said last week, somehow we find out that the man in the devil mask is Danhausen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. I don't know what the explanation would be, but it would be fantastic. But I, I wouldn't hate that either if it's Dan Housen helping MJF and MJF has to put up with another, you know, person he sees as underneath him, you know, below him. So well, either way, we are now um we are now back from commercial. Bullet Club Gold enters the ring, and now we're waiting to see who who they're going to face. Um, and we do get an entrance from the acclaimed. So it looks like they are MJF's partners. And then um, MJF makes his entrance and we see that the outfit that he refused to wear is matching acclaimed gear. It's a scissor me shirt, pink tights, pink knee pads, and a pink Burberry flannel scarf. Fantastic look. Great look. I will say this. Max looks good in pink. He should uh, consider it. But um, as we get through this match, um, there's a lot of chaos that ensues. A couple spots where it's like MJF doesn't want to buy into the acclaimed, right? Like he doesn't want to scissor during the match. He doesn't want to necessarily get involved with the antics that they're putting on. But it does come back to bite him in the end. Bullet Club Gold win by pinfall with the Blade Runner from Jay White on MJF. That ensures that Jay will retain possession of the physical world championship belt uh, until the pay-per-view in a couple weeks. And so at the end, Bullet Club Gold stands tall uh, and uh, they go to attack MJF, but the acclaimed have his back. 
And so what they're what they were gearing up for was basically the entire uh Bullet Club Gold except for uh Jay White um uh were lining him up to get smashed in the face with the title. So uh when they make the save, we still have Jay White in the ring. Um you know, to, uh, to hit him with the belt, but caster finds his way back in the ring. He pushes MJF out of the way. He takes the bullet for MJF. And so, um, they, uh, are able to run them off. Bullet club are standing tall on the stage. MJF is checking on caster. Uh, and my favorite part was that caster is holding his head and with one hand, just slowly holds up a pair of scissors with his fingers and MJF refuses to scissor. And that's when daddy ass gets in his face to lecture him about not leaving him hanging after all of his, uh, all he's done for him. He says, you you caught it on camera. Something to the effect of after all he's done for you, you go fucking scissor him or something to that effect. You clearly heard fucking scissor. Uh, which is fantastic. So they get in four corners. Um, four-way scissor party. Caster then hugs Max's legs. I think he's even grabbing his ass. And then um, uh, he lets it happen sort of for a moment and then shoves him off. And they get up on the you know turnbuckles to celebrate. That is the end of the show. So, Joe, what did you make of all of this? My big thing was you actually had uh, the challenger pinning the champion, albeit not for the belt. We don't necessarily see this happen a lot in AEW. It seems to be a a big WWE trope where they'll have these tag matches and then the champ will lose and, you know, have to go on to a singles match at a pay-per-view. So they're, they're playing off that here. Uh, we don't see a lot of it, but... What did you what did you think about all this? You know, I, I liked it. I like being I mean, if you're gonna go with this whole I'm the uncrowned champion with the stolen belt, you know, just ride that ride that gimmick until till full gear. So I, I understand like, you know, and then to give Jay White the pin over over Max Kling, um, you know, that just adds more fuel to the fire and more uh more you know trash you can talk to max going forward uh i'm glad they paid off the acclaims and mjf thing uh hopefully they can kind of you know this will be it we got our our feel good moment um he won't be a part of hopefully he won't be a, he doesn't need to be a part of the 69 no. day celebration yeah um, so uh yeah another than that i think you know the match is fine it was good um I like I like the gear. The matching gear is a nice touch. Um you keep saying Jay White. That's the same person as uh uh Swiss knife. No. That doesn't sound right. Switch something. Switch 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 uh switch foot? Ooh. They were just no long uh this past weekend. <laughs> Yeah, they came um, around New Jersey. Switchblade. Oh! Switchblade. Switchblade. That's it. Ooh. That's it. Switchblade. That feels right. That does feel right. Feels feels good in your hand. It's like, wait, is that 
Yeah, that's good. I like it. I do like it. Much better than a stray bullet. That is true. But yeah, it is it is interesting too, uh, Joe, to see uh, I'm I'm is interesting too to see that Jay White gets the win with the Blade Runner, right? It's not like a roll up cheap win. I mean, Max was sort of distracted by by himself, right? Like he hit the kangaroo kick, he took his eye off the prize, and Jay mm-hmm. White was able to capitalize. So, you know, it's it, it's clean because he didn't cheat. He was the legal man. MJF just didn't keep his eye on the prize. It wasn't, I wouldn't call it schmazzy because it wasn't like they distracted him in, you know, in front of the ref or they pulled the ref aside and then it was like a low blow into a blade runner. You know, that's clean to me. He hit the blade runner. Max just forgot what the fuck was going on, which we don't necessarily see out of MJF a whole lot. Um, and I was also, you know, again, as a person who I've been on the record saying, I hate when they do this. I hate when you have a singles match and then these guys wrestle in a tag match like two weeks, you know, every two weeks, you know, I'm sorry, from two weeks ahead of the pay-per-view, they're wrestling weekly in some sort of tag match. Like, I hate that. But what I do find very interesting is that it wasn't Caster, it wasn't Bowens, it wasn't Daddy S who ate the Blade Runner. It was MJF, mm-hmm. you know, so interesting stuff. But, I mean, it to me, it adds a little more fuel to the fire for the pay-per-view, right? It happened once. Why can't it happen again? Yeah, and it builds up how dangerous the Blade Runner can be. It just, like, it just takes one quick Blade Runner and, you know, you can lose your belt. That's right. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine with that. It's, uh, it worked out, and uh, it builds the program. So overall, tonight's show, like, I didn't necessarily have a problem, right, with, like, a ton of what happened. It just seems so flat. And I think the crowd sort of pulled the energy down a little bit. That's mm-hmm. just me personally. I mean, you could you could say the show sucked, and I'll be like, okay. But I didn't have a problem with what they presented as the story. It- advancing it was it was a fine dynamite it was somewhere you know in the middle slightly above middle um i i like collision better over the weekend obviously um but yeah it was far more story telling progressing building towards full gear episode so Mm -hmm. it's it was fine for me i um I'm trying to think what they advertise for next week. I don't honestly. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember anything they advertise. I know that today they uh, announced that happening tonight the taping uh, for Rampage. Uh, so Friday night we know we're going to get uh, Vikingo uh, versus Penta versus Commander. I love saying Commander because everybody says it, but it's really not how you say it. Um, uh, so, like, I feel like that has a lot of potential to be a great match. Like, I really want to see Rampage for that. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean. No one to get hurt in that match. I want them all to come out healthy. Yeah, please. Just don't let anybody get hurt. Um, but, yeah, I, it's just, it, it was, it was what it was. We'll have to see what happens next week. We have two weeks to get to the pay-per-view. So um, 
So we're still going to be building, um, but we'll we'll see. I'm just thankful it's a Saturday pay-per-view. Hmm. So, Joe, we're getting ready to pull this train into the station. Let's go through a few of the uh, items from the past week uh, that sort of showed up in the news. Um, one thing was uh, in Delaware, um, the school district paid tribute to uh, Jay Briscoe. Um, you know, man, it's crazy to believe that that was, I think, like nine months ago uh, that he died in the in the car accident. Um, but, um, you know, this weekend, the Laurel school district dedicated the locker room at the Laurel middle school to him. They named it the Jamin Pugh locker room. Uh, a ceremony, a dedication ceremony was held at halftime of Laurel highs, uh, Laurel high school, Saturday, October 28th football game. Uh, and there was a post on the school district's Facebook page. That read, during halftime of the Laurel versus Del Mar football game, a special memorial dedication was presented to the Pugh family in honor of Jamin Pugh. The Laurel Middle School locker room will be renamed the Jamin Pugh locker room. Thank you to the Pugh family for your continued dedication to the Laurel School District. Uh, his daughters, uh, Gracie and Jaylee, uh, were in the accident uh, but are recovering. They did attend the ceremony with their mother, Ashley. Uh, and she works for Loyal, the Laurel County School District. Um, Mark uh, was also in attendance along with um, their father, Mike, uh, who had occasionally appeared with, uh, with the boys uh, on some shows uh, and in some you know, other places. Um, and he's continued to work uh, with Mark sort of uh, after the fact. So... A nice moment uh, in remembrance of uh, Jay Briscoe, Jamin Pugh, uh, that'll that'll live on. So uh, sort of bittersweet news, right? A uh, nice moment in for, for a tragedy. Uh, let's see, some other things that came out. Um, King Eddie Kingston weighed in on some thoughts about CM Punk uh, in the aftermath, obviously, with Punk gone. Uh, he was asked by Adrian Hernandez uh, if he felt the promo uh, that the promo resurfaced in the buildup to All In and Punk's eventual firing by Tony Khan. He, he, you know, if he felt bad about that. And Eddie Eddie's answer was was pretty on par for Eddie Kingston. Um, he went on to say, uh, "No, I'm doing my job. That's uh, then. That's how I felt. I don't know what anyone else in the locker room felt." I don't care. It's how I felt. I don't want him there. Me and Punk don't like each other, and that's fine. You're not going to like everybody you work with. You know what I mean? Do I wish he was still in AEW? Do I wish he was still in AEW, and I wish it worked out differently? Yeah, because he helped the company. But other than that, I don't give a fuck what he does. You know what I mean? Because me and him never got along anyway. We don't have to be best friends to fight each other. It makes it better when we're not best friends. Uh, you know, when we have to fight each other, I don't wish him bad, but I don't wish him good either because I don't give a fuck. That's it. So a very, very, um, Eddie Kingston answer to a question. That uh, is as diplomatic as I think we'll hear Eddie ever be ever in the history of Eddie. Um, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. 
Uh, so moving on, we talked earlier a little bit about uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Obviously, Claudio had his match tonight. We saw the return of Moxley. Uh, but Danielson, um, you know, is uh, is going to be out. Um, AEW apparently knew that Danielson had a broken orbital bone and kept it uh, sort of secret for a week uh, with reports that it indicated that it happened on the October 21st collision before the storyline explanation booked for the main event of the October 25th dynamite. And then the announcement of the injury coming on last Saturday's collision. Um, And the announcement included Danielson would be getting surgery and he was expected to spend the rest of the year on the injured list. As a result, Uh, there was also speculation. The recovery time could keep him from one of the, one of his personal dream matches with Matt is working new Japan's annual January 4th, Tokyo dome uh wrestle kingdom uh but in the uh but the control center video hyping up tonight's episode of dynamite uh had another update on the dragon um and it uh it was you know it was sort of subtle um but uh there is a a point in the video where tony shivani informed us that brian's had surgery uh and he says that the 42 year old uh, will be out until later in the year. Uh, later in the year is different from the rest of the year. Um, so there is maybe a little bit of hope that we could see Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom, um, maybe even the World's End pay-per-view on December 30th, but who knows. So for those maybe who don't remember the episode uh, of Collision, uh, apparently that's what they're talking about is that uh, Danielson's orbital uh, was uh, injured in the quote-unquote dream match that he had with Andrade, which I think we even spoke about here, uh, just saying, man, it's wild how hard Andrade lays that shit in, but will allow it to be given back to him. <laughs> so um, I, I was listening to something that Sean Ross Sapp was saying about how it happened over like a, a mistimed or misplaced, maybe a, a collar and elbow. Mm-hmm. Where the elbow might have caught him. But. Yeah, it it probably wasn't intentional. You no, know, I mean, it's definitely not intentional. Of all the things, of all the ways you can hurt yourself, like the like the first thing you learn in wrestling school. Yeah, well, if if you think about it, it's the same thing as him fracturing his forearm, right? Because he even said it himself. Um, I don't remember if it was in the media scrum. Uh, after that, uh, that pay-per-view where he, he broke that forearm, um, the forbidden door, but he said it was just on the, uh, the elbow off the top rope. He was like, I was just out of position. He didn't do anything wrong. I didn't move my arm and that did it. He's like something I do all the time. It just got me. Getting old. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get to see him uh, by the end of the year. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. But Joe, the last piece of news I have is regarding MJF. Um, he is uh, our scumbag, but um, maybe there's something larger on the horizon uh, because MJF was named uh, on a list of next generation action stars. From the Hollywood Reporter, it was a top twenty-five list compiled uh, through consulting 
quote, action aficionados, directors, producers, and writers. Uh, MJF was mentioned in the group listed in alphabetical order. Um, Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, and Dave Batista. It, it said John, uh, Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, and Dave Batista have helped mark out a very well-trodden and star-studded path from wrestling ring to action film set. At 27, Friedman, better known MJF, the all-elite wrestling champion who's seemingly naturally villainous and always entertaining ringside persona, has seen him become a, f- a firm fan favorite as the so-called, quote, people's scumbag. Could well be the next to make it uh, make the journey and will soon be seen opposite Zach Efron in A24's upcoming wrestling drama, The Iron Claw. Should be noted, no other wrestlers made the list. Um, so MJF stands there alone. Um, and MJF, for those as, as mentioned, he's going to be in the Iron Claw. He's playing Lance Von Eric. Um, uh, he is a notorious creation from Fritz as a made up Von Eric to fill in for his sons. Um, and Meltzer even pointed out MJF was miscast in that role, or, or he, he said that he was miscast in that role and claimed Lance was terrible at promos and Lance is being played by one of the best promo guys out there. Uh, so kind of funny for that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the iron claw opens December 22nd, 2023. Um, <clears throat> I haven't really heard too much about the movie. Um, but, um, I feel like I have seen little bits and pieces there from people in the wrestling world who actually say MJF is supposed to be pretty good in this. I don't know if you'd call him an action star in a drama biopic, but whatever. Good to be noted by the Hollywood reporter, I guess. Uh, question for you, Joe, have you seen the promo or promo? Have you seen the trailer for the movie? I don't think I have you should check it out because i'd love to see i'd love to see if there's any interest in seeing the movie i mean i saw the i saw the trailer and i feel like i saw very mixed things out there excuse me and i saw i feel like most of the people who like um most of the people uh who were saying like eh like whatever were people maybe who aren't either into wrestling or really as knowledgeable about wrestling who don't maybe get the story. Um, Cause I think you sort of need it. I think you sort of need to get the story. Like you need a little background on the Von Eriks to really understand this. But I feel like other people who are into wrestling um, saw this and were very intrigued. I think it looks good. I mean, Zach Efron completely, you know, changed his body I don't know the other actor, but the guy who's who was in um oh god, I can't remember the showtime show. He was in the showtime show with uh with the family who's all fucked up. I can't remember. And he's in the bear now. Okay. Um he's in the movie as well. I don't remember seeing MJF in the trailer. So you're not gonna see MJF. But I was intrigued. I, I think it looks pretty good. I'll go see it for sure. Yeah, I mean being a fan of wrestling and and of knowing the you know how important the von Erich family is to to the industry and I didn't learn about them until after really learning like learning more about who Kerry von Erich was first and then you know figuring out about the family after that um, because yeah my my introduction was you know the Texas tornado growing up yeah 
for sure. Uh, Pedro in the uh, in the chat uh, got the name of the Showtime show. Uh, Shameless. Yes, that is exactly what I'm thinking about. Uh, I only saw a few episodes of that show, but I haven't seen any of the bear. But yeah, I don't know if MJF. I don't know if MJF is an action action movie person. I can see him. I feel like he needs more character. I feel like he does great better with character work. Yeah, I mean, this is not an. I wouldn't call this an action movie. Like I'd call, right. you know, Predator, Terminator, you know, the fucking uh, the movie with Stallone, Stallone, and you know all the fucking action stars. No. You know, the Expendables. The Expendables. That's it. Uh, I, those are action movies. This is definitely like a biopic drama. Mm-hmm. You know where I guess, um. Maybe you want to say there's some action because there's wrestling, but whatever. Um, Jesse Ozog also saying, I'm trying to pull these chats up. They're not working. Oh, there it goes. Uh, Ryan Nemeth is also in the film, which is pretty cool. Um, there, Pedro, I'll give you your, your flowers now that it's working. Shameless. Yep, you got it. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens and how the movie's received, but I think it looks pretty interesting. Definitely check out the uh, check out the trailer, Joe. There's your homework for the week. That I will watch more than your last uh, homework assignment of watching another show. Naked Attraction. Yeah. There's. Come on, what are you so scared about? A couple dicks. It's just. It was interesting. I haven't gone back and watched it. I watched a couple of those episodes and then I haven't come back. It's not something where I'm like, I've got to watch the whole season, but it's just like, you know, trash TV. Anyway. Uh, all right, Joe, that's going to, that's all the news and notes I have, unless you had absolutely anything else to discuss. Nope. I think you nailed them. All right, so a lackluster announcement, uh, you know, a scissor party, uh, you know, those were sort of the highlights of the night. Oh, I do have one late-breaking piece of news that someone sent me that I didn't see until now. Let me just pull it up. Uh, someone sent this to me, uh, and it looks like... Uh, with LFI returning, uh, Drillistico announced that he is officially inked an AEW deal. Uh, he shared a video of Tony Khan and him putting pen to paper as evidence, uh, and he put that up uh, tonight. So um, Roosh also reposted the video and said, congratulations, brother. Welcome to your new home. Hashtag AEW. Hashtag LFI. Uh, so there's no official post from AEW or the all elite graphic that usually comes out with any sort of long-term contract. So it's not necessarily clear what sort of level of deal he's inked, but should be seeing more drillistico. So that's nice. All right. That's it. That is honestly the absolute last piece of news I have Joe. So why don't we do this? Why don't you plug anything you need to plug? Uh, the only thing I can think of is you can find me on social media at underscore Asian Joe. And um, in my bio link, you can find a link to my serial review blog I do. 
and read about my reviews of wacky and wild cereals. And um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say to maybe give uh, give the people something to look forward to going to the cereal blog. You did do uh, you did a Halloween cereal, right? I did the Monster Mash remix. So if you're interested in seeing Joe's thoughts on the Monster Mash remix, go check out the blog and then think about going and buying a box. And then, and I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't make some kind of announcement since Tony Khan made an announcement, right? Like, do we have an announcement, or you just? I mean, we always have an announcement. Oh, sure. Uh, So, uh, everybody who's made it to this point in the show, uh, you know, congratulations! You've made it to the big announcement. Um, so uh, here it is. I would like to officially uh, go on the record and say um, that I still have a ton of money and still can live up to the Ant Money name. Uh, Because Friday night, uh, I forgot to mention this, I spent the night in the New Jersey Devils uh, at the Devils game. We won. And um, and, uh, I, I sat in the box, Joe. It was fantastic. And I ate things such as at this hockey game such as uh, sliced uh, prime rib, excellent, uh, garlic mashed potatoes, uh, sautéed spinach. They had ba- We had baked cod, risotto, fantastic. So I'm living up to my money name, and that is an important announcement. But what's more important, Joe, is that in order to live up to that name, for our entire crew, because I can't be the only money man on this show. We need your support. We need you to head out there and pick up one of our fine t-shirts. You can head on over to our link tree in our social bios and find a link directly to our uh, t-shirt store. You can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash pod or you could just search for the Mark Order podcast on Pro Wrestling Tees. And when you get to our store, you will find four T-shirts available for you to buy. Uh, there are two front prints, two double-sided prints. And uh, the money you spend there comes back to help out this show. And again, I'm at money. I have it. I don't need, I don't need it, but the rest of these guys need it, right? Let's help them out. So let's do that. If you have the ability to purchase a T-shirt, Go out there and purchase a T-shirt. Help spread the word by emblazoning, put a putting our logo on your chest, or buy it for a friend and put it on their chest. Yeah, and put put it on their chest like sky blue, spit blue mist on people's chest. Bam! There you go. The other thing that we're going to ask you to do to help support us is to uh, head over to our YouTube channel. And uh, hit that subscribe button, right? So uh, we thank everybody who is watching along tonight. Pedro, 1LT Photo, Jesse Ozog, Eric Freed's check was checking in before. Um, man, I have to scroll so far back. Uh, Scott George was checking in. Uh, I saw Sloanamite in here for a hot second. Uh, DSFX, 
Uh, thanks for checking us out. I, I don't recall seeing you in the chats before, so we're glad you were here. Uh, Tommy on Facebook was checking us out. Thank you to all those people who are watching us live. Um, uh, if you're listening in podcast form, we hundred percent appreciate you guys too. We ask that you subscribe on your podcast platforms because it does help us, you know, show up in algorithms and stuff like that. So sure. Uh, subscribe in podcast forums, you know, uh, like rate review on the podcast there, all fine. But what you can really do again, to help my guys out, the Asian Joes of the world, uh, the Ryans of the world. Eh, we don't need to worry about Kate. She's fine. Uh, but those poor guys, and I don't mean that in an, in like a, Oh, they're, you know, poor guys. No, these poor guys, they're not monies yet. Head over to the YouTube. It's not going to cost you anything, but it's going to help out these poor gentlemen because we need to build that subscriber list. We need to hit 500. Yeah, we can monetize at that point. You could send in super chats, and that's the least you can do to help us. But it helps us show up in the algorithms. We get noticed. We can get some, you know, sponsorship reads for the show. Trust me, you want to hear us do funny sponsorship reads. We used to do them for the ball raisers. I'm not going to say their name because they stopped sponsoring us. So why am I going to give them a free plug? I'll sooner plug this delicious coke zero that tastes just as good as regular coca-cola because one day they're going to come asking for us to do a promo just like that and i'll do it but they got to pay me for the next one so anyway head over to the youtube subscribe we're trying to get to 500 don't forget to secondary announcement uh win a date with kate get to 500 don't tell her about it uh but it's gonna happen uh keep that one a secret and sure, follow us on all our socials at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitter, X. Sorry, I got to keep up with the kids. X, because uh, that's what Elon says. Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, if you're of a certain age, you know, do it. Go follow us in all those places. If you got friends, tell your friends about us. Maybe they don't watch AW. Tell them to listen to us. It'll get them into AW because we're real. We're not corporate shills. We're not just telling you we love everything. That's a Ryan job. We'll fucking, we'll be the real people. Ryan's job is to tell you he loves everything, not, not us. So help us out. We want to keep doing this. We want to keep building what we're doing. We're planning on 2024 and what the future is going to hold for us. So uh, we've got some, some good ideas. Uh, we want to continue to bring it to you. We want to continue to grow this. And we know you guys uh, who've been checking in with us on a regular basis are the real ones. And we welcome all the new ones because you're the real ones when you come back week after week. Do you think Jesse Ozog had, was, a, was, a, was always my best friend? No, I screwed him over royally and then we became best friends, right? That's how this happens. So. I don't know, Joe. I've gone on too long. We're just about at the mark, but I think I've done what I was supposed to do, right? Uh, if you want to follow me on my personal stuff, at Ant Money on X, I don't do a ton there, but you can follow me. I've been a kind of a downer there lately, thinking about deactivating it, but I didn't. Uh, so stick with me there. Uh, you could see more fun stuff on Instagram, at Ant Money 247. Um, so 
That's it. We're out and we're going to be back next week. Joe, always a pleasure here with the A team, the chain gang of the Mark Order pod. And uh, hopefully, as I said before, um, you know, Ryan should be back next week. There's no hockey, I think, on the schedule. He doesn't have to suffer through that. So he should be back. We should hopefully see Kate back too. Uh, and um, yeah, that's it. Joe, any final words? Good night and good luck. Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.